You're watching too much CNN to catch this. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, June 7th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 415. This is No Agenda. Preparing for state-sponsored terror attacks here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Lookout Point over the San Juan de Fuca Sanctuary in northern Washington, where the USA meets Canada, I'm John C. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. It like rains or sh- or pours with you, you know. It's like either we get a full on <laughs> stinger or it's, 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 it's you're like huh. anyway. <laughs> you're in uh, Studio B. <laughs> Studio B. I gotta add that. And actually, yeah, to the end of that, whatever it was. Yeah, it actually, yeah, it's, it, the connection actually sounds pretty good. I have to say, at the moment, so all the all the the whole family's up there, the kids, Mimi, everyone's up there. I'm all good. Uh, Jay's uh, graduated from high school. Oh, did you have, did she have the ceremony? Yeah, we had. Yeah, it was yesterday, last night. Oh, was it fun? Well, that must have been nice. It was, it was actually wasn't bad. And did you? Hoop- she gave a little talk. This was kind of funny. Oh, she, is she, she va- wait, is she valedict- valedictorian? There, there's no valedictorians at these hippie schools. <laughs> so uh, wait, I thought she was homeschooled. No, no, she went. She was homeschooled till she got to high, to high school age, and then she wanted to go to school, so she went to this school. Hmm. And uh, but straight A's, the top student, of course, because why she was homeschooled. Yeah, no, that's why because she was homeschooled. Yeah, of course. So straight A's, but not valedictorian because the hippie school that she went to. Doesn't have that. Oh, but she did get the award for scholarship. Oh, but she gave this. She, she's taking a lot of improv and she does a lot of drama. So she gave. She she says she shows us this. She has to give, give a small talk. So she gives us. It's just a short minute and a half speech of some sort. And we're looking at it and reading it, and she's trying to be funny. We both Mimi and myself were going over. And said, no, no, no. This is no good. You got to do this. You're not you funny. This line. Hey, kid. You're not funny. Okay. It's not good. This is not going to work. So she tells us to shove it, and she gives this little speech and kills. Really? Everyone loved it. Yeah, they almost gave her a standing ovation. Oh, my goodness. Well, that, well yeah, there so you go. Well, yeah, yeah. Get it, go away and put her on the show. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I had okay, my first... She, uh, she doesn't listen to C-SPAN enough. <laughs> I, well, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, I'm very happy. You should be very proud. That's great. I had my first encounter with APD and AFD yesterday. APD, the Austin Police Department. Yes. AFD, Austin Fire Department. Yes, yes. So uh, I'm just about to put these two little... Was uh, the place on fire? Yeah, well, I was just about to put dinner in the oven, and Miss Mickey calls me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, know, you know Mickey, right? She, she's, uh, she's tough. But when it comes to, like, mechanical things... Uh, she turns into a, I'm going to sound sexist now, but into a, a super girl. It's like that and spiders. And uh, so I get this call like from her cell phone. There's smoke coming out of the car. I can't drive anymore. There's smoke coming out. I can't drive anymore. You know, I'm like, oh, uh, okay, where are you? So I'm like... I'm like, it's seriously, that's what it sounds like. I'm like, are you okay? She's, I, I pulled over. Um, the, sm- the smoke, 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 smoke. 
I'm like, well, where are you? She's like, I'm on 2222 uh, by Jester. So I'll be right there. Now, of course, it's been in the 90s here. So I figure the, either the car, you know, is overheated or something's going on. Yeah, somebody forgot to put water in the radiator. So I jump in, uh, in the truck and I grab a couple of gallons of water. And uh, and I'm driving down, and she's on the opposite side of uh, of this twenty two route twenty two farm to market route twenty two twenty two, and uh, yeah, the car had overheated, and I'm not quite sure why, but uh, uh, I guess a hose burst or something. It, I don't think the radiator burst, um, but you know, maybe it was a hose, or who knows what happened, because all the fluid just like had apparently just blown out. But the funny thing is, so there's Miss Mickey. By the side of the road, and she's looking good. You know, she's she's got her sexy see-through skirt on. She's got her, you know, sleeveless top. John, there's cop cars. There's a huge fire truck. There's heli- helicopter support. <laughs> and I pull off, and, I, and and it only got better for those dudes. It's like, dude, you're the guy from MTV. It's <laughs> like, ah, but it was so funny. You know, just an overheated car, which, you know, it, it happens, particularly with an older car. This is from 1999. And, and she was sitting in the truck. You know, they were giving her oxygen, cooling her down. Giving <laughs> <laughs> her massage your breasts, ma'am? Yeah, really. Really. I think, I think you need some CPR right here, lady. <laughs> uh, it was nice, though. It was nice to see my tax dollars at work. Did they, will they send me a bill for that? I don't think so, will they? Uh, that depends on the municipality. Some places will send you a bill for that. Some places won't. It well, depends. I don't know I how they handle But these, these guys literally. ambulance services, they tend to do that. There were literally four firemen, you know, with a hood up trying to fix it for her. I mean, that's how far this went. I'm like, yeah. you, you, and you know that if, if, if she wasn't cute, or it, well, let's just say if it was me. Or some fat guy, <laughs> yeah, you normal know. Texan. Yeah, you know that no one would care. Yeah, fuck so, him. Anyway, shout out to Austin PD and Austin FD. That was uh, that was. Thank you for taking care of my did wife. You, did you bring some cards and hand them out, telling them to listen to the show? I told them about the sh- the show, mm-hmm. uh, but no. But I didn't know. I thought you know, Mickey was needed help. You know, I had no idea that she was going to be there hanging out with you know ten uh, support people. I always have cards in the wallet. <laughs> yeah, I ran out of cards. It's all done. Anyway, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. And in the morning to you, Adam Curry, and all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, and feet in the air. Yes, and to all of our human resources in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. In the morning to Mr. Oil and Gitmo Slaves, or Gitmo Slave, who uh, have gotten us uh, streaming once again. We do it twice a week. And we do it uh, at 9 a.m. Gitmo Nation West time in the morning on Thursdays and Sundays. Some call it the best podcast in the universe. Uh, we have evidence to back that up, but we don't want to toot our own horn. Um, quite an amazing uh, few days here between our last program and uh, uh, and today. Uh, I would have to say you might have to change your entry in uh, the Red Book regarding the presidential uh uh, what who will be president in 2012 starting starting 2013 i, I, I don't I, did i i put in who's going to be the nominees i never put in who's going to who's did i say who's going to win yeah, officially yeah you said obama's going to get reelected oh yeah well, i'll stick with it okay well i think uh, 
with my basic assertion that it's the same people behind both parties. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that makes the, it's kind of a ludicrous prediction because of that. I agree with that. I mean, I don't think yeah. either one of us have ever doubted. You know, I think that's a common belief. I think it's accurate. And I'm not going to argue that. Right. Well, I think the... Uh, I think they've made their decision, and it's going to be uh, Romney. <laughs> they made their decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's what's kind of interesting. So um, we didn't talk about it at all because, you know, quite frankly, if I would bring it up, you'd say, it's just a drinking club. And, the, you know, this is Bilderberg. And the thing that's interesting about Bilderberg is the the alternative media goes crazy about it. And this is kind of the uh, Alex Jones's. MTV Video Music Awards. You know, this is the culmination of his year. Uh, and I'll give him respect that, you know, he has always been seeking out him and what's the other guy's name? Jim Tucker. They always seek out where the secret locations are. And, it, you know, it's like, you know, th- all they're missing is a red carpet because it is a, 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 a veritable cornucopia of stars of the world elite stage that go and meet somewhere. And this year they had chosen Chantilly, Virginia. Uh, in a Marriott hotel, which uh, should be pointed out, uh, is a Mormon outfit. Um, you know, that's uh, Mormon-owned, as far as I understand. So that's kind of a an endorsement well, right it's a there. Publicly held company, so right? Know. But yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, well, somebody will correct us if, if, if we're wrong. wrong I'm not right. going to deal with it. I am not looking it up in the book of knowledge. No, that's okay. So anyway, so. You know, this is a, uh, a kind of a cheer fest, and, uh, and Alex Jones goes there and gets a bullhorn. And it, the script is the same every single year. It's like uh, Alex Jones will be there yelling through a bullhorn. They'll talk to a whole bunch of cops, and, uh, and then, although the, you'll never hear it on, uh, on, on the recording, yeah, well, oh, the cops here in uniform, uh, they say, hey, Alex, we're with you. <sighs> These guys are elites. And, uh, and of course, and then Alex always has to get thrown out of the hotel. So, okay. So that's kind of the same script and, you know, you never really see anything. And of course it is, it is interesting from, to a certain point because the news doesn't report on it. Cause that's kind of the rule of, you know, the Bilderberg fight club. They invite some of the elitists from the mainstream media and, uh, you're not allowed to talk about it. So of course what goes on there is, you know, by who, the way, I have to say this is, this goes on in other venues and it's deplorable. What's what deplorable? is the point of having the media at there in the first place if they can't talk about it? That's what they do for a living. Right. Well, so, th- of course, that spawns the conspiracy theory that this is where everything is all plotted and where they come up with the ideas. And I have to say, if you just look at what's been going on, uh, the anti-Obama uh, news, uh, particularly from uh, the MSNBC and CNN and, and other more what you'd think were left-leaning outfits. You, know, you never know. So a couple of interesting things this year. On the well, sti- well let, me, let me say in defense of the media. Okay. If it is, as I believe, to be a drinking club. <laughs> and maybe some wife swapping. Maybe a little. It could be. <laughs> then the media is, you know, they, could, they would go in there with the, with the known. Hey, you know, you're, we're going to let you in here because we're going to see, you know, the ambassador to uh, the West Indies plastered and probably having <laughs> sex publicly. You want to come in, but you can't talk about it. That's different. Right, but still, it could be then in a in a in a memoir some years later. 
But it's not real news to the public anyway. It's no. a drinking club. I, mean, I don't think we really care except for Alex Jones. Well, we do kind of like uh, celebrities, and you know, the celebrities are a big deal. And these and these are all celebrities in their own right. And, uh, was Clooney there? I don't know if Clooney. Um, Bet she was. I don't know. No, I, I think he's second tier to this. This is really the, the top dudes. And I've interviewed people, and I've met people who have been there. You know, Secretary of State for the Netherlands. Um, and, you know, and you can ask all you want, and he'll smile and be real coy and won't answer the question. Um, you know, you know, just say, well, that's kind of it's kind of like a sales meeting. We go and sell uh, what we can do for each other. It's a drinking club. But something interesting happened this year. And I sent you the video and I don't know if you watched it was uh, probably you didn't because it was unbearable. Uh, but there's a, a, a guy who's also I the, love that video. Well, I, there were two. So one. Uh, so, okay, so, so this has grown over the years. And now we also have Adam Kokesh, who does Adam versus the man. Uh, who I also think, you know, he has his own niche and he's, uh, an, a vet and, um, and he's gone completely, you know, uh, I would say libertarian and, uh, and is you know, fighting knee, hard for knee jerk libertarian, which I never thought existed, but now I realize that is the case. So he, he does interesting shows and there's a lot of challenging of the, of the mainstream consensus and. I like it, and I, and I get lots of ideas, and I, I watch and listen to stuff as a part of my uh, my healthy media diet. So this other guy, Webster Tarpley, and Webster Tarpley, I think he has a, a doctorate in economics and history, and I followed him for a number of years. He's a very frequent guest on the Alex Jones Show, and he, he, he's interesting about him is because he throws out so many like little anecdotes and uh, and foreign language quotes that you, you, there's no way you can fact check everything he's saying. But that when you like, oh, I'm going to look up what he just said. It typically turns out to be true, and he knows, and he, and can, he can pronounce all the names of all the Russians and everything. It's impressive. But he, for the first time, he dissented. And not only did he do it in a sit-down interview with Adam Kokesh, but also with Alex Jones. And he, um, and I have a little clip of uh, this, like an hour-long thing. He was there saying, you know, Ron Paul is no good. I think he actually said Ron Paul is like a leprechaun. <laughs> well, yeah, and he also implied that Ron Paul uh, was only in the election. And well, it's well, kind let, of interesting let, to me, let, let me after, let, when you... Well, I want to play. I, I want to play the clip because that's because you're kind yeah. of explaining what oh. he said. Yeah, go for it. But the, so to set it up, uh, he said that on the steering committee this year of Bilderberg is Peter Thiel, and Peter Thiel, of course, Silicon Valley guy, uh, and but also a major donor to the Ron Paul campaign. He says that, uh, uh, and uh, this is true. He gave uh, the Ron Paul campaign two point seven million dollars. So he sits down with Alex Jones and he and he goes in and he's really railing on Ron Paul. And when I so a he had some facts in there, which I checked. But B, it was interesting to see how Alex Jones couldn't handle this and, you know, started yelling and screaming and calling names. And it was it really weakened for me forever uh, or it really made me question this entire Bilderberg thing. It seems like a perfect way to get you know disinformation out into the ether. But here's here's a little bit of that uh 
of what Webster Tarpley had to say. This is not real. Ron Paul is famous as a nepotist. My figures are that he's got 60 people plus of his relatives, relatives, either on the congressional office payroll or on the payroll of his campaign. Jesse Benton, that a lot of people in the Ron Paul campaign tell me they can't stand, is married to Ron Paul's granddaughter, I believe, right? And remember, the entire purpose of the campaign is nepotism. It's to feather the nest for little Rand so that he has a political future. And again, let's look at who this is. This is Romney. Now, people, I think the, the better people who are interested in Ron Paul, they don't really understand his economics, although they should. So, Peter of Santorum, well, you have to look at, at, at every debate where he had a chance, Ron Paul was attacking him because Ron Paul was the attack dog for Romney. And anybody who watched it should be able to see that fact. What is this? Why do we have to be tied to a cynical politician of the Republican barrel structure? How about Ron Paul? When are you going to expose him? But you're running interference for Ron Paul and he's running interference for Romney. Where does that leave you? Listen, you see uh, what I mean? Romney's an unknown country. I've exposed his ties to Wait. me, all of it. Now, listen, stop right there. Finish up with your Ron Paul fetish. Let's move on to the next subject. Go ahead. <laughs> Hold that. Go ahead. A vote for Romney, for Ron Paul was a vote for Romney. Show you love Obama. So you're... No, no. No. I, I take second Tarpley, place. move on from the Ron Paul I take second place Webster to nobody. Tarpley, I was the first. Come out with your hands up. The anti-Ron Paul stuff is going nowhere. First, I think, in the relevant universe to expose Obama. It's incredible. So I have the credentials. In other words, I was telling left liberals in 2008, you're being duped. Webster, I Watch like out. you. Can we Today, move on to World War III? I tell people like you, you're being duped by Ron Paul. Stop it. Same story. Let me move on to the next issue. <laughs> I suppose. Now, let me just talk about your triumphalism, right? What you're, what you're saying that uh, <laughs> the patron... And then he goes on. So I found this interesting. First of all, this program is called No Agenda. So as much as it hurts me to say, well, maybe there's something... Because, you know, I, I know I'll get attacked for this. Um, I thought it was worth discussing. That I thought that was a very interesting theory. And I think, you know, yelling like whatever Alex Jones was doing was a weak... A weak response, and it. Then uh, I thought it was lame, but in the meantime, I thought it was a very interesting thesis. Well, I was all in on it. Uh, a couple things that came to mind. I, I didn't listen to that. The, the Jones. No, no, one. You, I listened you watched to the, the other Kokesh one. Where he brought up the yeah. same stuff and was allowed to talk. Yeah, although not really, because uh, Kokesh also wouldn't give him the mic. That's kind of lame. But yeah, well, he still got most of the what his points were. He got him in. It was kind of glib about it. But this was very similar to what Huckabee did uh, to help get McCain in. He ran interference. And I didn't think much of the idea that he would. I didn't, in fact, we should have probably caught it earlier. Although I had actually suggested, if you remember in the Red Book, that, that Ron Paul couldn't win under any circumstances. And you were very, oh, no, he could, he can, sure he can. And so I kind of backed off on that. But here's here's the interesting thing that came to mind uh, during this whole thing. One, besides the Huckabee parallel, mm-hmm. Washington State, where I'm right now I'm floating around, has got Ron Paul signs everywhere. And according to uh, Buzzkill Jr., who's studied the uh, politics of the state, he says that this was the state that Ron Paul would was a shoe in to win. He would actually have won a state. But he pulled out of the election completely because of the the – supposed mathematical 
you know, elimination, even though he could have still stayed in the primaries and won this state and, and made a bigger point. But he didn't have to now. I mean, if he had if he had not have dropped out and ran in Washington, I would be more in defense of Ron Paul. But the fact that he didn't and they, there's money that was already collected for his campaign. There are signs everywhere. Huge Ron Paul signs in this yeah. state. They're mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he's done. But he's not even going to, you know, he's up. I'm done. The job's done, essentially. Mm-hmm. I'm buying. I buy the thesis. Well, there was a, so there was a couple other things. By the way, I love the chat room. Chase says, Jones has more money than you dipshits. Well, that would kind of prove my point, wouldn't it? If you're a disinfo agent. Hey, why do we have a chat room that is, you know, if this happened in Leo's chat oh, room. Boom, gone. The yeah. IP address would be noted down. That guy would never be back. Yeah, on. but I don't want, I don't like he likes that. Ron, he likes uh, Jones so much. Go listen, to, go listen to reruns of Jones rather than listen I to I don't us. mind. I really don't mind. I, uh, do. I don't mind that. I really I'm don't. on Leo's side. I, there's a way these people should be expunged. <laughs> They're not doing us any good. <laughs> to help correct the fact it's not well no that's a fact that's a good fact not a fact but jones has more by the way he's got a staff too yeah he's got a staff yeah we are on the other hand are just getting by so um anyway i I did look at the uh at what he was saying about ron paul we'd be making more money if that cheap guy would cheap bastard would give us (laughs) it i did uh, fact check what tarpley was saying uh, regarding the, uh, you know, basically starving uh, the American uh, children. And he, he has a point um, about, you know, stopping the, uh, the pregnant mother uh, subsidy, uh, the, whatever it's called, SNAP. Paul rationalizes it very well. So I am not going to completely condemn him for any of these, no, these no. ideas. But, but I thought. I, did, I found it very interesting, the Peter Thiel stuff. Well, yeah. And, and so um, following on on that. I really discovered quite a lot. Now we know that uh, the Syria thing has, you know, is, is about Russia one way or the other. I've discovered some more things, and really it was something else. Tarpley said, and because you know Gary Kasparov was at the Bilderberg meeting as well. Now, wow. Yeah, Gary Kasparov. Uh, of course, most people know him as a, as a chess player, but he also uh, formed uh, the Other Russia, which was a uh, an anti-party. Uh, uh, political party, so the anti-communist party, although he was a member of the party, and he's kind of a wacky guy. Remember the time that someone came up to him and hit him in the head with a chessboard? Remember that? You don't remember that? No. No. I don't remember that. That was, well, it was funny. <laughs> I thought you would have remembered that. I don't remember it. I don't rem- Well, the guy basically just causes a ruckus all the time. And, and Tarpley went into this uh, theory about Russia... Uh, which I really liked. We wanted to hear about Russia. Let's go to Russia. That's yeah, I'm just worried our batteries here now. But they're doing okay. There are three, three Russians here that I can see. One is a representative of the Russian Academy of Sciences, who I think is uh, probably pretty much the government. But then we have Anatoly Chubais. Anatoly Chubais is the expert of what? Privatization. See, I like it when he... See, this, this is stuff we'd never know. Anatoly Tobias. I wouldn't know that he's the expert in privatization. This is good. So I, I, I enjoy this. What the Austrian school loves. Privatization. That's a Ron Paul ding, by the way. The Austrian school. A deregulation. This is the mother of the oligarchs. In other words, it's thanks to Anatoly Chubais that we have... Kadarkovsky, Potanin, Berezovsky, Guzinski, Friedman, the rest of them. In other words, the, the state property of the Soviet Union was privatized 
to the nomenclatura, to the oligarchy, to these predators. And they have now constituted a state within the state, right? We saw it in the in the presidential election. But Putin kicked them out. Putin has fought them more effectively than anybody else. Now, what you are, the other guy that you have, in addition to Chubayas, whose name is 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 uh, execrated all across Russia, Gary Kasparov. Now, Kasparov is a chess champion. And he's in Bilderberg. What does that mean? Yeah, but who is he? This is this is essentially somebody who goes. He's an agitator who goes into the streets to organize a color in revolution. In English. A color revolution against Putin, and his ally is quite frankly a Nazi. There's a guy called Eduard Limonov who calls himself a national Bolshevik, who I think would, by anybody's reference, would uh, get himself pretty much into the into the brown shirt category. Limonov is a hooligan. He's somebody who, you know, fights with cops all the time in the streets to, to attack Putin. So when you have Kasparov, it's like it, it's like bringing Limonov to the meeting. In other words, this is um, an affront. This is a primitive affront to Putin and Russia to have somebody of this wretched level of Kasparov. I'm, I'm amazed that he gets out. But he's here now. So this is basically saying we declare war on Russia. Now I think Tarpley is probably uh, he probably loves Russia, um, but I like that. I and just, okay now it's starting to make a little bit of sense. And then I see that Clippity Clop is on her jet, and she's just going nuts with all the anti-Russia stuff. Have you been following what Lucifer Clinton's been doing? Uh, not completely, but I do know that this it's all related to Syria. Well, well, uh, well, no, 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 that's not entirely true. She went to Georgia. I'm I'm not. okay. go on. She went to Georgia. And uh, the first thing. So first she's there unveiling. Hold on. The message is clear. (laughs) I think she has a lot to do before uh, she leaves because she's really ramping it up for her. Her friends of the Texas oil companies. Of course, you know, the Clintons have always worked for the Bushes ever since the days of Mena, Arkansas. So she's out there and she's in front of a, a Georgian um, warship, which has been upgraded with help from the U.S. Coast Guard. This ship and its sister ships represent the resilience of Georgia's national spirit and the endurance of your sovereignty. America stands with you. Uh, we will not waver in our support for Georgia and your territorial integrity. Now, these are very important words. She's talking about sovereignty, territorial integrity. This is all, of course, uh, pointing towards Russia. And we had in 2008 the five-day war, uh, which we now know, although the mainstream media still has kind of forgotten it. But uh, even Georgia, it was admitted that they started it, not the Russians, even though Russia gets the blame for it. Then she does a a stand up with actually she had spent a whole day and night in uh, Georgia walking around town, drinking. There's all kinds of cool videos that I put in the show notes. And Shakasvili, who uh, so they got an election coming up. And of course, these guys desperately want to be in NATO. And uh, we know that uh, they're buying all kinds of uh, weaponry from the United States, obviously, including this. this upgrade to their ship, and the, the U.S. Coast Guard has helped with that. And yet, he's wearing a blue suit, like chroma key blue suit, which is just it, the guy is an idiot. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, uh, One. Oh, it's, your Skype made some noise. 
And uh, so she does one of her little uh, stand-ups with Shakasvili. This is uh, about 40 seconds. And then she says something very interesting I didn't know. Yes, there will be uh, military maneuvers. Oh, really? Military maneuvers? We're going to be doing military maneuvers up there. Uh, But the really important events of the fall will occur inside Georgia as the people of Georgia cast their votes. The most critical event is not another country's military exercises. It is Georgia's elections. And that will speak louder than any military exercise could ever do. Mm-hmm. Military exercises. And this indeed uh, is planned. Military exercises between the U.S., the Coast Guard, interestingly enough, but the U.S. and um, and Georgia. And then she said something that really got the Russians angry. And there's been all kinds of uh, news reports, mainly Reuters reporting on it, uh, where she propagates the lie. You have taken important steps since the Rose Revolution. And your progress has been noted worldwide. Noted. Now it is up to Georgia to consolidate your democratic gains. That is the key to Georgia's future. And it will bring Georgia closer to achieving your Euro-Atlantic aspirations. Mm. The parliamentary elections this fall and the presidential election next year are an opportunity for Georgia to deepen its democracy and strengthen the legitimacy of Georgia's democratic institutions in the eyes of your public and of the world. And I urge all the people of Georgia to remember, though you did make history with the Rose Revolution, the more difficult and ultimately the more important work may well be ahead. The work of building the habits and practices that sustain democracy over time. And here it comes. That means not only holding successful elections, but also going beyond elections and strengthening the other key pillars of democracy, such as labor rights, judicial independence, media independence, and access. The United States remains steadfast in our support for Georgia's sovereignty and territorial integrity. We reject Russia's occupation and militarization of Georgian territory. <laughs> now, that is just patently untrue. It's just untrue. And yeah, it's untrue. I'm telling you, this is still serious. Yeah, well, I'm, this go- is I'm, more I'm getting, the, no, I'm getting there. I'm getting to the Syria thing. I'm wrapping it up here. I'm getting to you. Uh, just, just a reminder, Saakashvili was educated at Columbia University. They had the Rose Revolution. And it was Shevardnadze who uh, who was defeated there, was ousted, and this is the puppet, the U.S. puppet that was put in. By the guy, by the way, the guy ate his tie during this whole Russian conflict. There's plenty of video of him eating his tie. He's such a megalomaniac. So right after this, <laughs> she do me. Okay, you remember that? Remember me eating yeah, his I tie? Know the tie? He's always chewing on his tie. But how's that become a, how's he a megalomaniac because of that? He's just nervous. It's not normal, dude. <laughs> it's not normal, dude. 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 So then she hops on her jet, and where does she fly off to? Baku. We always do urge the government to respect their citizens' right to express views peacefully, to release those who have been detained for doing so in print or on the streets, or for defending human rights. Ah, more human rights. Baku, of course, is Azerbaijan. 
Azerbaijan, we just recently, and we, we always knew that the Azerbaijan European Song Contest was about oil. Specifically, this is about the Baku pipeline. And uh, you can uh, you need to take a look at it, John, because then it comes very clear. Baku.curry.com, B-A-K-U.curry.com, if you wouldn't mind just taking a look in the, before the chat room gets to it. B-A-K-U.curry.com. And that should forward you to a big picture of the Baku uh, pipeline. You got it? Yeah, it goes through Georgia, too. Right. Well, this is it. It goes from Baku through Azerbaijan through Tbilisi and then out to Turkey. This is very important for the gas uh, industry, trillions of dollars of petrodollars that go into Europe. But you can see this other line. Here's what Russia has. Russia has Baku all the way, you know, it's the uh, Novodichik oil pipeline, and then to the Black Sea where they ship it out. So this is, you know, very important to hold back Russia and don't have them mess with our pipeline. Uh, by the way, it's all American companies, Israeli companies, etc., that are uh, that are in there. Um, hey, the pipeline theme. Well... So then I'm like, this is interesting. I've got to take a look at the relationship between Syria and Baku or Azerbaijan. And I come across from 2009. This is, and I had no idea. Somehow we we missed this. I'm just taking the one from uh, uh, Welt, German, uh, the German publication. 2009. There's, if you if you Google this, there's tons of stories. In 2009, this was the headline in January, Russia plans Navy bases in Syria, in Libya, and in Yemen. (laughs) I'm like, oh, really? Well, that's interesting. One down, two to go. This was always the plan. This is the whole reason we're in Yemen. This is the whole reason we're in Syria. Is because the Russians were setting all of this up. They wanted the warm water port in Syria, and the uh, and they they had negotiations as recent as 2011 for liquid natural gas um, uh, storage, production, shipping, and pipelines with Yemen. So this is just a complete war that we're you know against the the Russian oligarchs, and Hillary Clinton is out there fighting it for the the Texas oil guys. No, somebody's got to do it. Good and, for her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and here's the one that, that I loved, the, uh, the Hunt family, HuntOil.com. So they, their pipeline got blown up by the Al-Qaeda, or so wherever it is. And they have the pipeline that goes down to uh, southern Yemen to, uh, was it, uh, Kokos? What is the, uh, what's the name of it? It's the port of Ras Issa in, uh, in Yemen. And Hunt Oil... It, you know, they've been around for a long, long time. A little interesting connection with uh, with the Clintons, as the heir to Hunt Oil. What's her name? I think it's Jessica. Here it is. Uh, no, Swanee. Swanee. Uh, she's the heir to the Hunt Oil uh, fortune. Was appointed ambassador to Austria by Bill Clinton during his uh, presidency. So these guys are way in bed. And this is a, this is a Dallas, Texas company, uh, Tyler, Texas, to be exact. So the whole thing, all of this, is about keeping Russia's oil and gas at bay and keeping the American, maybe the Seven Sisters, whatever we'd call it, keeping them all in. 
And right now, there's... I go with the Seven Sisters. I mean, that's essentially who the real power to be. Yeah, those guys. Makes sense, doesn't it? Makes sense. Yeah, and the Russians are playing ball. That's the problem. And then the Syria thing... Uh, so Lucifer- By the way, so they so they blew up this Russian this another Yemen pipeline. They keep blowing them up. There was yeah. one blowing up in April, Mar into March. Well, I think I think the Russians. I think it's proxy. I think the Russians are blowing up the American pipelines because it's this pipeline, Hunt's oil pipeline, that got blown up, and they're just now starting to rebuild it. They think it'll take seven months. Yeah, people can Google Southern Yemen pipe Southern Yemen pipelines on. And you'll find Al-Qaeda sabotages Yemen pipeline after raid. Another pipeline blown up in Yemen. So it's, I, don't, I don't think it's Al-Qaeda. I think it's the Russians. Or well, someone, what, someone by proxy. Yeah. And yeah then, and well, so, okay, that, so, that's complicated. So, well, so they're all unidentified. And the whole point is to get bases in uh, Yemen. We have a large presence already, you know, under training missions. We've got enough drones and stuff. Syria, I think we'd love to have... The, it's a warm water port. This is very important for Russia because they don't have warm water ports. Stuff gets frozen. And, uh, you know, just think about the beauty of being in the Mediterranean. They'd love to be there in the Gulf of Aden, in uh, uh, in the, uh, what is it, uh, the southern, uh, southern Yemen. And, uh, and obviously, uh, Libya, uh, that was, you know, we had to strike quickly on that one. So on the way back home, Lucifer stops off in Turkey. By the way, she has hair extensions. She's done something where she looks dynamite, I have to say. Now she's she evil. Goes from, from horrible to, you know, looks reasonably, uh, you know, attractive for her. Don't age. you agree? Don't you no, agree? Horrible. You think she looks horrible now? No, I didn't see the newest pictures. Oh, no, no. She looks pretty good with the hair extensions. I think uh, Huma was like, darling, darling. Got to do something about yourself. <laughs> Got to do something. I mean, really. The, before you know what, they're going to be calling you a dyke. Stop it now. And so she, her hair is now down you know, below shoulder length. She looks good. I, I, I think, you know, personally, I think she looks good. And uh, she lays it all out. And uh, this is probably going to be on the news today, but it came in uh, late last night. Concert violence that we witnessed again in Hama yesterday is simply Unconscionable. Unconscionable. Uh, Assad has doubled down on his brutality. Doubled down. Oh, metaphors. And duplicity. Duplicity. And si- What's duplicity? Didn't she we play this clip already? No, this is brand new. Double down before. No. Well, she's say. always repeating herself. What does duplicity mean? What's duplicity? It means you're playing two sides against the middle. Ah. Syria will not, cannot be peaceful, stable, or certainly democratic until Assad goes. Science is in. So even as we intensify the sanctions pressure, because as we were meeting in Istanbul, the sanctions working committee of the Friends of the Syrian People. The sanctions working committee of the Friends of the Syrian People. So basically, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that sounds great, doesn't it? Was meeting in Washington. Uh, the time has come for the international community to unite around a plan for post-Assad Syria. Well, <laughs> I think you couldn't make it any clearer to me. It's done. It's over with. And, of course, this is a little issue. What is it? Oh, yeah. The Russians are on the Security Committee. The Chinese, I believe, have just taken over the, um, the, the presidency of the uh, uh, Security Council. 
And the Russians, of course, don't want to have this because they're in a fight now in three places. And they, they're not going to just roll over and let Syria go. So Lucifer has some tricky words for them. We have to unite the international community behind a plan that is achievable and keeps faith with those inside Syria who are protesting and demonstrating suffering and dying, dying. for their universal human rights. Universal human rights. Um, we said last night we are prepared to work with any country, including all members of the UN Security Council, uh, and uh, we will do so so long as uh, any such gathering starts from the basic premise that Assad and his regime must give way to a new democratic Syria. So this is very interesting what she's saying. She said, we, we'll work with anybody as long as you agree that Assad's got to get out. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do this because the, the UN-NATO uh, regulations are you know, pretty much uh, chiseled in stone. And uh, you know, Russia has a veto on uh, going and and uh, how they're going to get around that, but they'll find a way. Well, I think she I has find a plan. This, kind of, this theory is kind of interesting because it explains to me, even though you didn't bring this up, even though she went, she did go to Turkey because Turkey is a big player in this whole. Scheme. They're the, they're the conduit, of course, because you have to to get the boat out of. Uh, uh, well, all the pipelines go through Turkey right now. All of them. Well, not, I'm not talking about the pipelines. I'm talking about where they come into the Black Sea at the at the port where the boats are supposed to be mm-hmm. uh, outside of Georgia, where they got now the Coast Guard. They put a coast. What does the Coast Guard do? They they guard the coast. <laughs> so the idea is you bring the pipeline to the coast of Georgia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you put it on up. You put you bring in a super tanker, and then what do you do with the super tanker? Well, the only way you can get out of the Black Sea. Is through a, the straits it's, it's that go through, right next to Istanbul, right, which right. takes you into the Sea of Marmara, which takes you to another conduit that takes you to the Mediterranean. Now you can take those tankers anywhere you want. But of course, Turkey is also key because it, uh, it, you know, it has the Black Sea border, but it also has the Mediterranean border. So you know they've got Cyprus, they've got Lebanon, they've got Syria, they've got the whole Leviathan fields. So Turkey is in the in the catbird seat, as we'd call it. So we have to suck a lot of Turkish schlong, and she's good at it. Man, she's got more hair to grab onto. Yeah, well, I think the the key is the shipping ports because you can put off a lot of uh, oil in one of those super tankers and then run it right out, right out, right out of there. So what's the key port of uh, of Turkey? Well, Istanbul is right. where that where, where the conduit is. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have to get out of this other little area which is Kanakali. Uh you once you're in this the Sea of Marma, Marna or whatever it is, you've got to get out of there too. Yeah, so you just drive past Sarkoy. <laughs> drive, really? <laughs> yeah, the Kanakali. Well, yeah, with the pilot guy. Hey, how you doing? Hey. Kanakali no, or Sanakali, maybe because there's a little funny thing under the sea, and then that takes you, and that's a huge thing. And then you go, then you're in the Aegean. That's the uh, is that the Bosphorus, the Bosphorus Straits? Well, I don't know, maybe. I think it is. Uh, no, no, the Marmara the- region. No, no, the Gulf of Izmit. Okay, that's yeah, what it is. yeah. You, and then you're then you're in, and then you're good to go. Right, and then you can go. Then you're in the Mediterranean. Right, and then you can power it straight through to Europe or wherever it needs to go. Wherever you want to go. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Hmm. 
So Tur- Turkey has to. That's why see, this Turkey thing has always bothered me because they're, you know, they want to put him in the EU, which is trying to obviously get a hold of Turkey too. None of it has made any sense to me. Why are we warming up to Turkey? They don't want to do anything. They're they're turning very strict Muslim Islamist very mm-hmm. slowly. Mm-hmm. We don't seem to mention that. And then the then all of a sudden the Europeans want to cozy up to yeah, Turkey. They want it. They want them to be a part they of want Europe. To join the EU. And yeah. what, what's the point of that? They, they they violate all the principles of the EU with their Islamist stuff. So we need to change. We need to change. Change the jingle desperately, John. Two. The war on Turkey. Yeah. So anyway, that's interesting. It's, it's a very interesting situation. That's uh, it's ridiculous. And somehow, I have a feeling. I guess we have to be involved in this, or we just get screwed. Yeah, we we totally get screwed. Yeah. Yeah, so we have to. So uh, Lucifer is doing a good job in, uh, in that regard, even and, though she's uh, well, yeah, and, crap. And on top of this, now of course we understand why the uh, law of the sea treaty is so important uh, because she went straight. I mean, see, the woman is unbelievable. I'll give her that. So then she flew straight up to Scandinavia, um, went up to the uh, the northern uh, Norwegian city of what is it, Tromso. And got on an icebreaker there and was walking around. And, you know, because if you look at it, even though everyone laughed at Sarah Palin, uh, yeah, uh, Alaska and Russia really do compete for 200 miles of uh, exclusive economic zone. And that's where there's just tons and tons of oil and gas and minerals and all kinds of stuff. And uh, lest lest you have forgotten that the uh, remember the Russians planted a uh, like a titanium pole at the bottom up there at the North Pole and said, this is ours. We own it. This was... Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah. But it, yeah, something else is coming to mind here, which is that you played that clip of that uh, guy talking to Alex Jones. What's his name again? Tarpley, Tarpley. whatever. Webster Tarpley. Tarpley. Um, and we, we've discussed this uh, before, which is the Exxon deal that Putin was shaking hands over. Right. Because there's the picture of the CEO of Exxon and Putin. And if Putin's actually fighting against these oligarchs who are the ones causing trouble, perhaps, then it's possible that we'll do a deal with, I mean, we'll work with Putin, but we won't work with these guys because they're they're, uh, kind of going against the Seven Sisters. Well, I don't know, because, you know, when when the elections were up, remember, we had all that so-called rioting and protest against Putin, which I'm pretty sure was uh, more of Hillary's techno experts. So I'm not too sure about maybe, that. Maybe you're wrong about that. Maybe Could it be. was actually Could the be. Russian troublemakers. <laughs> maybe it was the Kasparov. Well, it didn't work very well. So, yeah, it could be the Kasparov gang. Yeah, if we were doing it, let's let's take this. It task. would work. Yeah, if, if we would have worked, it would be a no fly zone over Moscow. We know we know how to do that stuff. Yeah, that good point. So you may have misinterpreted that data. Well, at any rate, uh, it still is always about uh, oil, oil and, and gas. So we, that's just the absolute bottom line. Uh, but Hillary Clinton, I have to say, she's she's really she's rocking it. She's out there, and uh, who you know, regardless of whether Obama is reelected or uh, we see Mitt Romney, which by the way I think will be very funny. Uh, it doesn't matter who wins. Because we'll have plenty of material. Yeah, we're going to be going from one war criminal to a guy who wants to be a war criminal. (laughs) He wants the power not on the table, but in his hand, he says. Um, Who will be the Secretary of State? Because Hillary Clinton is running the show. But she's not going to... I don't think she's... 
She's supposed to retire at the end of this. Uh, yeah, she's, no matter who wins, yeah. she's supposed to be out in 2013. Right. And she's working herself to death. I mean, I don't think you're going to find another secretary of state that worked this hard. So that tells me that she knows that uh, whoever. First of all, I think she she knows that Obama's not in. I think the Clintons hold so much power and we see Bill Clinton wielding that. Yeah, which it must cost him a lot of effort and energy. The guy does not look well, uh, but he's all over the place, and he's you know sticking little needles into the Obama administration, you know, saying, "Well, you know, Romney's a good business guy, and you know, don't you know, don't knock him on that, and you know, we should we should extend those tax cuts, and you know." So uh, the Clintons are definitely wielding their power, and. As we started the show off, I think it's all just shifted. It's uh, Romney is in for sure. For sure. And then we, uh, and uh, <laughs> for those of you not living in Gitmo Nation uh, proper here, the, the Gitmo Nation of the United States, we had a, a recall election, which was hilarious. Yeah, uh, it was hilarious because it was, oh, Nick and Nick, oh, they're going to kick him out and all the rest of it. And then now he didn't, they did what, it wasn't Nick and Nick, but the, the old the governor trounced them, which has changed politics now completely for the Democrats and the unions. Right, because this was supposed to be the fight against big unionized organized labor, right? Yeah, and uh, and the austerity driven uh, Republican Scott Walker, who had already who was already in. Um, and I th- I think that the you know this was. It was a big deal for the uh, certainly for the left media who were saying, you know, this will determine everything. You know, big labor has to win, et cetera, et cetera. And what was there were a couple of really interesting things that happened. Uh, one of them. Uh, did you, you know, remember we um, we read that piece about the White House insider um, during the. Uh, the 2008, uh, what do you call it? The uh, the convention, the Democratic oh, right, convention, right about the, the something that they saw in the back room, right? So so uh, and the guy's dead. Yeah. So one of the operatives, one of the Democratic uh, organizers, bundlers, oper- uh, operatives, he saw something, some weird thing going on uh, with Obama, and uh, he winds up dead because he because he told someone about it. So. <laughs> So they're out there, uh, uh, and let's just let's just presume uh, if we can. If you know, I don't like to do this, but look at red, blue, Democrat, re- Republican, whatever. So we have the organized union labor people outside the state capitol there in Wisconsin, and uh, they're getting ready for the big fight. And what do they do? They do this. talking hundreds of people here john where did you get this straight off of youtube look they're doing all yeah that's crazy since oh, this is desperation since when in america it goes on and on since when in america do we do this at a political rally this is new they're arming goes on and on that's a- I mean that's I mean I have nothing against uh, doing the alm thing because it's a form of meditation 
But at a political you know, rally, when you're trying to get people to vote a guy out, this is what you do? This is... <laughs> and yeah, just, this is your solution? This is how you win? Now listen to the very end. They, they, and see if you can hear it. I'll tell you what the lady says. Something got caught on, uh, on mic. Hold on. So, this is unbelievable how long it goes on. All right, so it's over now. <laughs> and then there's a statement someone makes that you can barely hear. Hold on. <laughs> Circle so they're going to grab hands, firm a circle, and own the dome. Share a secret. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of corny. I mean, this is desperation. No, no, this no, is, no, that, no. that is borderline pathetic. Now listen to this guy. Own the dome. The, Good oh, one. I get oh, this clip of the day. Oh, well, hold on a second. Let me. Well, if we're going to get clip of the day, then uh... <laughs> get it. Get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but I'll take it. But this one may be a close second. So here's a disappointed. uh, First of all, in American politics, the way I was always brought up, if you lose, you're like, all right, you know, we lost. But, you know, that's my that's my guy now, too. And, you know, we'll just uh, we'll have to work together. Right. You know, that's my president, too. And we'll have to, you know, even though he wasn't the guy I chose. Isn't that kind of the the way I was brought up? It's like, you know, that's democracy is you don't win. Okay, yeah. so we didn't win. All right, then we'll go with your guy, and we'll make the best of it. You know, we'll we'll be uh, we'll we'll stand our ground. We'll make our points, but your guy. All right. So this is on MSNBC. This is they're interviewing a somewhat sore loser. Volunteered for Barrett, voted today. You say you're very disappointed. A lot of folks here outside the Capitol sharing your opinion tonight. We're not just disappointed. This is the end of democracy. <laughs> we just got outspent thirty-four million to four million dollars. This was this was the biggest election in America, and I hope you keep me on tonight, because this hurts us all. Every single one of you out there in the nation, if you're watching, democracy died tonight. You're very we emotional. Just, I'm very emotional because we all had a lot invested in this. This was it. If we didn't win tonight, the end of the USA as we know it just happened. <laughs> this is it. We just got outspent $34 million to $4 million, and we don't have any other resource left but the people you see here behind me. And if the people you see here behind me can't get it done tonight, it's done. Democracy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> dead. Democracy. You know that, by the way, that's a bogus 34 to 4. I mean, there was a lot of – it was outside money for advertising and other things. But there was so much volunteer labor and – Well, this, and, this, this was and, the and other forms of money that came into the other side. Yeah. It was a pretty – it wasn't probably even, but it wasn't four, just $4 million. That's well, here's the uh, so here's the meme from Democracy Now, and then of course uh, I looked into the numbers. To our listeners and viewers around the country and around the world, we begin our show in Wisconsin, where Republican Governor Scott Walker has survived a historic recall election over Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett. Walker won 53 to 46 percent, a seven percent margin. He had outspent Barrett by a seven to one margin. All right, so that's the meme, a seven to one margin, and then. You know, I went on Twitter and I said, can someone please show me the numbers? Because I'm very interested. So there's uh, there's the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign Recall 2012, and they get their numbers from open uh, OpenSecrets.org or whatever. And indeed, they show 
Uh, well, here's the interesting things, the interesting parts of the number. So Scott Walker, total raise $30,505,000. Tom Barrett, total raise $3,938,000. Now, the, uh, there's a little asterisk next to Tom Barrett because his uh, campaign raising is from March 20th to May 20th. So that's two months. Scott Walker's number is from January 1st of last year. So, you know, it's not like he raised all this money at the same time and that he spent it all in these in these two months. Even more interesting, Tom Barrett of the three million nine hundred and thirty eight thousand he raised, he only spent two million nine hundred and thirty five. So he he left another million four hundred and fifty five for what? If it was all out, why did you not spend 30 percent of your budget? You know, so don't give me this bull crap about those numbers. And then the the big labor recall. Uh, I have that in the show notes, 415.nashownotes.com. There you can see that uh, uh, all, the, all the outside donations, which uh, uh, tipped over $20 million. So it was a pretty equal fight, I would say, when it, when it came to, to money. Uh, but now, you yeah, know, no, I, I find it abhorrent. Two, I, I find it abhorrent. There's two sides to the money coin. One is the show, oh, the Republicans are unfair because they, they spent more money when they didn't. But it's also to, to keep that other number low is to encourage money to be spent for this upcoming election so the media can collect more income. Right. I mean, we, every time money is brought up, you have to – why is it being brought up? It doesn't really prove anything, but it does encourage more people to give to the, you know, to Obama, for example. He's going to be running short. So give him money so he can spend it and so we can – as media people, we can make money. Right. Uh, I think it's, it's corrupt. We have to give our executive producers – Oh, yes. Little, yes. Let's do that. Um. Since we're going to be running into the other donation segment, we do have uh, one. Really? Uh, Are we that long? Oh my goodness! I'm sorry about that. And, and one, two, three, four uh, associate executive producers, including uh, Black Knight Era, came in for an associate. But the Jesper Holmberg in Duval, Washington, two four hundred fifteen dollars. Happy four one five to show four one five emergency donation. So Adam won't have to resort to doing voiceover work for John's buddies. Yeah, I did. Uh I did a voiceover for a Horowitz for the Discipline Investor. Yeah. Oh, no, too late. I think my <laughs> karma account is still in good standing, but if you have any to spare, I could use a top-up. So give him a karma. Absolutely. You've got karma. Topped up. Thank you so much, uh, Jesper. Uh, Black Knight Aradadarian in Trabuco Canyon, California, 250. You guys do a fantastic job, and I want to thank you for your hard work. As a fellow podcaster, I know how hard it is to keep going through the summer months, so I hope this donation makes, a bit, makes it a bit easier. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Black Knight. Andrew Gamble in Spring Creek, Nevada, 207, 209.07. I'm not drunk, but I should be so to say... Stuff like you're drunk. No, he says, I'm not drunk, but I should be, so say this shit like you're drunk. Oh, yeah, no, you have to be drunk. Because I I can't read non-drunk writing drunk because it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Here's another 6969 times 3, which is 20907. Not really. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah, how about that? Because you guys make me laugh. Uh, Put it toward my knighthood, but I want the admiralty bonus. Being a retired Navy figure... Or Navy, I figure I should be an admiral somewhere. <laughs> you can so, make up your own uniform. We can make, yeah. You, well, actually, as a knight, you can too. Shoot some karma at brother who just landed an awesome job, but is stressing because he is running the show. 
He's executive chef of a highfalutin country club. Woo! Love his cooking. Well, we'll go out and visit him. Yeah, for sure. Spring uh, Creek. This time, use my real name, Andrew Gamble. Last night, last time I signed off as Oscar Slave, and that confused the heck out of everybody. If Hot Pockets is going to be near northeastern Nevada, pronounce it right, Nevada. We want to show up and get drunk. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, number two, Hillary Clinton. Uh, it's a little rude. Yeah, okay. So anyway. Uh, so he needs a karma shot. That's for his brother. You've got karma. Hey, man, you're like... You're, you're, and if we're, I'm telling you, if we're... Uh, we're today's a pro-Hillary Clinton day. We've said nothing but good things about her. She's, she's looking out for she's our... For saving us. She's from saving our Russian business. Oligarchs. Who needs those guys? <laughs> Sir Baroslav Marinoff in Eliso Viejo, California, 20750. Please send some good karma to my expectant wife, my future human resource, and my kids. You've got... Karma. Finally, Andrew Haverson in Gravenhurst, Ontario, $200 upon doing some slave scripting at readnoagenda.com. Hint, hint, slaves. I thought I'd do a self-account. Hint, hint, producers. 100 to hit knighthood by year's end and 50 for the heck of it at 50 for executive producer. $200. Thanks for the greatest podcast. Oh, in awesome. The Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's it, right? Yeah, that's it. That will be our uh, one, two, three, four executive or one executive producer and four associates. And we want to thank them and everybody else who uh, donated, contributed to show 415. Go to Dvorak.org slash N-A, especially for Sunday, which has been very slow all year and it's not going to get any better. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. People don't aren't around. Yeah, they're not. Let me get Dvorak.org slash N-A, channel Dvorak.com slash N-A. No agenda show and no agenda nation.com. Yeah. Or we could always just, you know, just close your eyes, open yourself to this. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Of course, if you uh, really are broke, living the American dream, you can always propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. YouTube, your kid's saying it. Shut up, slaves. Before we started, you were you were reading something to me that came out yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, okay, Obama. Yeah, Obama's uh, California so, thing. He's giving a speech and he says, uh, apparently, you know, I, we put a clip together once of one of his uh, presentations where he just used all his jokes. And I still think he'd probably do an hour now. Michelle outdoes me in push-ups as well, he said, after saying that she's taken some criticism on her technique because she doesn't go all the way down, and they let it hang. So, so what amazed me about this is that everyone is saying this is a blowjob joke. And I'm like, no, you're missing the point. He said this at a fundraiser for Gay Hollywood. That's not what it's called. Maybe it's LP... uh, uh, APLA or so, oh, and because it was gays, it wasn't about blowjobs. No, first of all, uh, he's talking about Michelle doing a push-up contest with Ellen DeGeneres, right? And I wish I had audio of this because I I have a transcript where he you know he holds back and waits for the laughter. So it was intended as a joke. Going down is a lesbian thing. This is how stupid the press is in America. They don't understand that it was a lesbian joke. It's not a blowjob joke. 
Okay. So, it's an it's a oral sex joke. No, it's a speci- specific, yeah, it's a cunnilingus joke is what it is, specifically. Uh, isn't that oral sex? I don't know. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, but can we be specific? I don't think we have to be specific. It's the joke. I think I know what you're saying. I, I think it's, it's nitpicking. Okay. There were gay men there, weren't there? Or is just all But lesbians? it's about Ellen DeGeneres and about going down and and that is a term that is used with women. Uh, yeah, it's not men. an unusual thing to hear, but yeah, okay, know. you made your point. Yeah. Thank you. You think, the- oh, you think Michelle was pleased with the joke? No. <laughs> I don't think she's pleased at all. I don't think she's pleased at all either, because every time he says something, she she bristles. When he's trying to be funny, I mean, she you saw that in that one video we talked about some time back when he was giving some speech or other, and he said something. That yeah, was yeah she about. she gives him a nasty look. She's yeah, stink eye. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly what she does. And now back to real news. I wrote down a couple of topics that I saw in the past four days, John. Actually, uh, uh, Blacklisted News did this. Here's what was on CNN. Headlines. Is this baby doll really saying bitch? Toddler accidentally served vodka. Elton John frets over Gaga. On MSNBC, Zimmerman stocks up on Cheetos in jail. Axl Rose robbed of $200,000 worth of jewelry. Taco Bell may take on Chipotle with Cantina menu. And on Fox... Custom car builder claims Hot Wheels stole his truck. Lighter side of tanning mom and nudist expo bears all in naked tourist industry. <laughs> if that doesn't give you a reason to listen to the show, I don't know what does. That's good. Actual topics on the actual so-called news channels. It's unbelievable. Well, my- yeah, well, my favorite thing is this is the, uh, although this can happen to anybody, we've been hoaxed a couple of times. But this guy I thought was very clever who did the, uh, who hoaxed CNBC, the teenager with the fake escort service. Uh, I didn't read the article. I was like, uh, move on. This is actually quite funny. The guy was, uh, and what's funny about it is the, is the reliance of, of, of all people, CNBC or any of these networks, to tweet a request uh, for like, does anybody know of a story that might be about essentially about there's during the NBA lockout? Is there anybody do you have any stories to tell? And this guy decides as a goof to tweet back, right? And then the, and so they buy a hook, line, and sinker, and it's over Twitter, unvetted. It's not even funny how far away from reality it is. And then it gets picked up by two or three other news services. Before the guy comes clean and says, that is bull crap. He's making it the whole thing up, everything. <laughs> yeah, they're idiots. And this Twitter, I mean, it wasn't, it's not as though it's email or anything that he made up the name, his Twitter name just before this. He has no followers. <laughs> <laughs> Adios, mofo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's dumb. It's I mean, dumb. I mean, and when I see something, every once in a while I see something on Twitter and I, I say, who is this idiot? I click mm-hmm. it. He's got no follow. Some guy just created an account real fast so he could say something. I always like the sexy girl that, uh, that you click on her link and it's like win an iPad. Damn, damn, she got me again. 
Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. (laughs) It's like, hi. an iPad is the worst scam. And the worst part about it is it's like you can never win the iPad. It's just like endless. uh, Well, you you actually have tried to win the iPad? You've you've done it? No, I checked it out. I knew. I I had a hunch where where this was going to go. And what it is, they put you in uh, some sort of an endless loop of quizzes that are all market research. Right. It's oh, like a right, right. And so right, they ask right. you a million questions. And they say, well, that's good. Now you can win the iPad by ask, answering these questions. And they put you on another <laughs> 10 screens of questions. And then you can now win the iPad if you do one more thing. And it just goes, it never ends. It's hours and hours of your time would be lost if you actually followed up. Well, um, I was doing some actual research while you were clicking on the free iPad links. <laughs> Get an iPad. So, um, John, did you hear we got number two again? Again, again. How many number twos are we going to kill? So, so this was very interesting to me because, of course, uh, I have three separate reports. Actually, two and a, and a quote from uh, Panetta. And uh, so we know the most compromised news source is, of course, ABC. And uh, Diane Sawyer. She didn't seem hammered, by the way. It was a little disappointing. But I have to say, Diane looks sexy. She's got like a new kind of open collar thing. And it's kind of like like um, Catholic high school girl, high collar, but then open down to her cleavage. Uh, very, very, very attractive. And she's like in her, I think she's 67 or something. I think she's 70. Yeah, she looks very, very good. She's had work done. You know what? My car has work done, too. It's okay. Well, you got the same kind of idea there. Yeah. So, uh, but the memes in these reports, and I did the research, you know, it's an out-and-out lie, but let's listen to the memes. We begin with that breaking news, a major terrorist taken out by U.S. forces. Major terrorist. second in command of (laughs) Al-Qaeda. Second in command. Have you ever heard of this guy? Ever? (laughs) Have you ever heard the name? Okay. No one but bin Laden as revered. No one but bin Laden was as revered. Funny how we never knew the guy's name. The terrorist group. His name is Abu Alibi. And by the way, Abu Ayaya Alibi, if you pronounce that a little differently, it's Abu Yaya Alibi. That's how that's how I read it. I like alibi. It's not yeah, alibi. Well, Libby, El Libby is a common. Uh, it's actually a nickname. It means from from Libya. Oh, really? Oh, it doesn't surprise he me. Operated in the shadows, but in the shadows, his power was felt around the globe. Power was felt around the globe. I mean, this is so important to listen to this psychological warfare. And here in the U.S., Al Qaeda's forces would only strike after they had his blessing. After they had his oh, blessing, cool. his blessing. What, what strikes did they do? Well, uh, hold he just on. killed the other. He did two, nothing. Like- he did nothing. ABC's Martha Raddatz is here to tell us. Okay, how they- Martha is hysterical, by the way. She must. I mean, she's she's her veins are popping out of her neck. She's she's going crazy. U.S. finally tracked him down, Martha. Alibi was a huge player in Al-Qaeda, Diane. U.S. officials believe his death is so significant that we are now closer to the ultimate demise of Al-Qaeda's core than... The ultimate demise of Al-Qaeda's core. This is great news for Obama. ...ever before. 
U.S. intelligence had been tracking Al-Libi for days. Just before dawn on Monday, an armed drone silently circling his hideout in... They actually show a picture of a drone shooting off a hellfire. This is great. Northwest Pakistan. Uh, uh, Waziristan, I might add. Fired several powerful missiles. Powerful. Today, confirmation that those missiles hit their target. Yeah. Al-Libi is dead. Al-Libi was number two number behind two. Ayman al-Zawahiri, bin Laden's longest and closest associate. Ah. He is famous for escaping U.S. custody at Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. Famous. In He's Houdini. 2005. He fled to Pakistan, and within a year, the charismatic al-Qaeda operative was releasing taunting videos. He's putting, he's putting YouTube videos up. We must drone him. Give me his baseball card. Let me take a look. Yeah, let's, let's get that guy. A leading voice in calling for attacks against the U.S. He's a podcaster. He's, he's doing podcast yeah, videos. Podcast. He's a leading voice. He was the gatekeeper to Zawahiri. The gatekeeper. And frankly, if Ayman al-Zawahiri goes now, the uh, central leadership in Pakistan is probably as close to done as it's, as it's going to be. Stick a fork in him. This strike follows a string of U.S. successes against al-Qaeda. Ah, let's, let's rack him up. Here we go. Obama rocks. Osama bin Laden in May of last year. Atiyah al-Rahman, head of al-Qaeda operations. Oh, maybe they got the CFO. In Yemen, American-born radical cleric Anwar al-Alaki, followed just last month by a drone strike on Fad al-Kuzo, charged in the bombing of the USS Cole. Yeah. And now, al-Libi. Woo! But Martha, tell me now here it comes. Why they think al-Libi is a permanent blow to al-Qaeda. Won't they just recruit somebody else? Well, not really. It will be extremely difficult for Zawahiri to replace Al Libby with someone as experienced and trustworthy. Would you like to be, to be number two. Hello, hello. Give me human resources. Human resources. Um, you get to be number two. Mohammed, we need we need some candidates. <laughs> Call the human resources department. Now, when Zawahiri has got to wonder whether he is next. Ah, so it's a setup because Al Zawahiri has got to wonder if he is next. This is the setup because we've got to make this guy number two. We've got to pump up Al Zawahiri. But here's the thing that really blew me away that they messed it up. They only fixed it today. Luckily, I saved a copy, but it's still up there. If you type in alibi.curry.com, A-L-I-B-I.curry.com, are you doing it? I'm doing it now. Yeah. You will see the webpage on rewardsforjustice.net. And here is the baseball card for Abu Yahya al-Libi. He's not even on the first three pages of this site. They only wanted one million bucks for him. This guy was no number two. Doesn't even look like the right guy. This is the right guy. No, this isn't. No, this is the wrong guy. This is the guy. No, 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 no. The other one's no, no, no. This no, is no. Abu Yaha Al Libi. This is the it's guy, John. That's Al Libi. I think is no. This is the guy. I, I I have the video. It's the same pictures. This well, the picture is the guy. Be wrong. Well, he's another. This other guy, Anas no. Al Libi, the Al Qaeda scout. Who is six foot? I think is the guy they're talking about. No, John. Go no. back and play. So play the name again. When when uh, go back to the beginning of the Dan, uh, Sawyer report and see what she calls him. We begin with that breaking news: a major terrorist taken out by U.S. forces, the second in command of Al Qaeda. No one but Bin Laden as revered inside the terrorist group. His name is Abu Alibi. He operates. Abu Alibi. This is the guy. 
And if you look at the if, if you look at the homepage for Rewards for Justice, we have Hafiz Mohammed Saheed up to ten million. We've got Hafiz Abdul Rahman Maki. He's even getting twice with two million. We've got Yasin Al Suri ten million. Abu Dua ten million. This guy was no number two. He only there was only only a million bucks. It's a lousy card to have. And this is the guy escaped from Bagram Air, Air Force Base. This is the guy. So it's total bullcrap. It's total bullcrap. He was not. If you're number two, then you've got to be between five and ten million on rewardsforjustice.net. This is bullcrap. It's total and utter bullcrap. Well, there must be another Abu. No, John. This is the guy. This is. He was on the list, but only one million dollars. They don't care about him. It was not some. This is this is a memo that went out. Oh, he was number two. Oh, please. Well, yeah, no, we know that's a bunch of. Here's, here's, listen to Charlie Rose. He, he, he uh, what's the, he had? Uh, what's his name on? Uh, another esteemed reporter. Bob Orr is in Washington. Oh, Bob Orr, with the latest right. on that story. Bob, what can you tell us? That's Gail Shepard, by the way. I don't know how, why she's a journalist all of a sudden. Good morning, Gail and Charlie. Well, I can tell you this is a big loss for Al Qaeda. Big loss. Abu Yahya Al Libby. Yeah, Abu no. Yahya Al Libby. That's the guy. All right, you got the right guy. This is this is ludicrous. Now, thank you. Was one of its last senior operatives, a key player at the very core of that embattled terror network. Abu Yahya al-Libi was often the face of terror, appearing in more than 30 al-Qaeda videos, seeking radical recruits and urging new attacks against the West. More importantly, in recent months, al-Libi served as top deputy to new al-Qaeda boss Ayman al-Zawahiri, overseeing plotting and relations with terror affiliates. Inside al-Qaeda, al-Libi was a star. Revered for his 2005... <laughs> He's the regular Lady Gaga. ...escape from a U.S. military prison in Afghanistan. Now, with his killing by a U.S. drone, Al-Qaeda has a serious hole in its top management. Oh, no! There's another opening! Says longtime CIA... It's the same talking points. ...a analyst Phil Mudd. In the past, significant people were killed or captured, but there was somebody like shark's teeth coming in behind them. In this case, there's no bench, there's a few deck chairs, and it's not clear who's going to fill them. I love the metaphors. There are numerous openings. John, we should, what are we wasting our time on? There are numerous openings. They want a new podcaster. You know, I'm looking at the Rewards for Justice homepage. You got one for terrorism, up to $25 million for Zawari. Yeah. I mean, the top guy. Then you have $10 million. You got one, two, three, four guys who are worth point. $10 million. Yeah. Then a $7 million. And then the number of $5 million guys fills the page. I just want there's to what? thank you. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three. There's 25, 30, 40 guys. You're making my point for me. It was not a number two and guy. And he's not even on the home page. This guy, I mean, even though the $500,000 Cahir Maridos is on there. I think the guy was an intern. I think that he was, I mean, he may have been an operative. They were just extra, extracting, too. We don't know that. But I like this rewards for justice because it really does look like Obama's baseball cards. You know, it's got date of birth, place of birth, Libya. So that's your, that's your uh, Al-Libya thing. Complexion, medium, sex, male, nationality, Libyan. Characteristics, black beard. <laughs> Status, <laughs> fugitive. <laughs> In the 13 months since bin Laden was killed by U.S. Navy SEALs, more than a dozen other top al-Qaeda terrorists have been killed by nearly 100 U.S. airstrikes in Pakistan and Yemen. Among the dead, American-born cleric Anwar al-Awlaki, 
who was behind recent bombing plots against U.S. aviation, and a terrorist named Adia Abd al-Rahman, mm. who was plotting attacks to mark the 10th anniversary of 9-11. But this week's killing of al-Libi further strains relations with Pakistan, which is demanding an end to U.S. drone strikes. Well, the U.S. will not stand down. Mudd says officials can't afford to ignore Pakistani concerns. So I think that uh, on rewardsforjustice.net, they should put a big, like, red thing over him, like, you know, nailed him. The X. X. <laughs> like an X. Yeah. We should have, we have something like that. So Panetta's in uh, in India. Uh, the, by, the way, by the way, I wanted to mention he is a Yaya is, uh, of course, it's spelled differently everywhere you go. Yeah. But he is listed on one of the other interesting sites that I like to look at called globalsecurity.org, mm-hmm. which has a bunch of baseball cards essentially on it. Yeah. And uh, it, how's he listed? What, what's his ranking there? Uh, he's listed as an Al Qaeda recruiter. That's his role. <laughs> I told you, he's he works a recruiter. In, he works in HR. I'm telling this you. This is hardly, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is hardly the number two man. He's just a recruiter. Uh, but this is all done, obviously. Curiously, came from the same Libyan. Islamic fighting group, which the other the other El Libby came from that I was mistaken for this guy. So the guy's a yeah. recruiter, and we shoot a drone at him, and uh, he's blown to bits. And now he's number two. Yeah, and now he's number two. Here's Panetta. Basically, uh, I'll tra- it's thirty seconds. I'll translate it. We're not going more drones coming your way, bitches. That's the translation. Speaking in India, Panetta dismissed the Pakistani government's charge that it was a violation of its sovereignty. This is about our sovereignty as well. Because there were a group of individuals who attacked the United States on 9-11 and killed uh, 3,000 of our our citizens. We went to war against those who attacked the United States of America. Panetta also insisted the drone strikes have been effective at eliminating threats to Pakistan as well. Yeah, may you burn in hell, Panetta. Now you burn in I hell. I like the way this is. This isn't a violation of their sovereignty. It's a violation of our, our sovereignty. Sovereignty. <laughs> sovereignty. How do you? I mean, because the guy's a recruiter. He's a an HR operative. Number two. Well, I'm sorry. They just they 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 lose all credibility with this number two bullcrap by not having. And this is the State Department's website. Yeah, you know, we we've established that this is the State Department and their rewardsforjustice.net. We got the little State Department logo right on the page. And this guy was never in the number two. What do you think we are, stupid? This guy was never in the number two slot, ever. And now, as of today, the State Department is going to be announcing a whole new bunch of guys from Yemen they're going to put on the list. And I, you know, and they've probably got someone whose job it is to print out these web pages and cut little baseball cards for the president. Because this is exactly what it is. These are the baseball cards. Yeah, White House so. in, White House Insider on Ulsterman uh, did that follow up that I that yeah. I mentioned on Sunday. Yeah, and uh, and this was all about the uh, all about the drone thing. Remember in the previous uh, episode, and I th- and I believe this to be a true White House Insider. Uh, I'll quote verbatim. But now Barack Obama, he's judge and jury with a pointing of a finger to names on a list. Barack Obama gets to play God. No day in court. No guarantee. Innocent people won't be killed as well, and they've been killed, children, women, over and over again. And this president, he has the knowledge when he watches the kill confirmations, and he watches it over and over again 
To him, these are high-tech snuff films, a multi-billion dollar snuff program, and he gets off on it. <laughs> God. Yeah. If that's true, that's terrible. Well, apparently, <laughs> if you read the whole, there's a link to it in the show notes, 4 and 5nashownotes.com uh, people are freaked out about this. And Jarrett is free, even uh, the true president, Valerie Jarrett, is freaked out because, you know, it's an obsession. And he, and he keeps watching it over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, we have producers in our audience whose job it is is to retrieve pictures and video of drone strikes. And uh, I know at least one of them, you know, these are sysadmins, you know, it, it's very disturbing. It's very, it's very, very disturbing to watch this because, you know, you basically, you know, they've got the, I think you had not just a video on the, on the drone, but also a video on the rocket as it goes in. Remember those smart bomb videos? Yeah, you know, it reminds me of that uh, WikiLeaks video of the guys in the helicopter that were casually shooting people. Yeah. You know, oh, you think he's got a gun? I don't know. Take him out. Take him out anyway. Take a chance. I'm, I'm very, very sad. Very sad about that. Oh, well. Uh, but at least, you know, uh, we're on, it's we're on top of It's a hope and change. <laughs> I was watching the State Department briefing. <clears throat> and uh, I guess Victoria Newland is uh, is off with uh, Lucifer. Clippity-clop on her tour. So uh, Toner is back. I was going to play the State Department uh, video when this question came up. Actually, I can play the beginning of it. Let me see. I'll play the beginning of it, and then I'll play the NPR report, because this was pretty underreported. My question is about the report of USAID cutting off funding for the Pakistani iteration of uh, Sesame Street. Are we ready to move to Pakistan, Sesame Street? (laughs) I'm sorry, Matt. I know you had number two. No, no, no. I apologize. It's fine. Um, Just my my question was, uh, the conflicting, there was a sourced report in Pakistani media. It was a matter of corruption in the theater company that was producing it. Uh, The theater company itself alleged that the U.S. simply ran out of money for it. Um, My question is why, specifically, whether it was at all related to the report last week that uh, Gitmo detainees were forced to listen to Sesame Street music in their ears. (laughs) Okay, a couple of things here. Oh, God. One, I did not know that the Gitmo detainees, and this is an ongoing uh, uh, trial, which is kind of hidden from view. There's a few reporters so-called on the scene, and they have to sit in a room, and the audio's regularly cut off, so they can't hear everything. But, you know, all these guys have translations on headphones, and apparently uh, they started, you know, which, of course, is a form of uh, torture. They started playing Sesame Street music on their headphones. I, I, I can't find anything about that. But, oh, you can always bet our national treasure will do a report on Sesame Street in Pakistan. Simsim Hamara, the Pakistani version of Sesame Street, is set in a mock-up of a typical Pakistani town. There's a school, the ubiquitous banyan tree, a restaurant, and a colorful cast of characters centered on a six-year-old girl named Rani, who loves the sport of cricket. Only one of the original Sesame Street characters has been transplanted to the Pakistani version, Elmo. Welcome to Simsim Hamara. Yeah, I'm Elmo. 
The highly produced Simsim Hamara began airing in Pakistan about six months ago with an aim to educate school-aged children. About one-third of Pakistani children can't or don't attend school. In the now, I have to ask you, why are we paying for Sesame Street to be produced and broadcast in Pakistan? Are we paying for this? I mean, yes. who's doing it? Did it, she say that? Yes, USAID. Yeah, it's in the oh, room. Yeah. Well, there you have $20 million for a five-year contract. Now, I can, I, you could listen to the story, but I'll just tell you what it is. So, well, so, I would assume, before you go on, that there's some brainwashing mechanism here that would think? benefit the U.S. of A. You think? Well, I would hope. They also produce there a. Better be. They also produce a Lebanese version. Sesame Street is the is the psyops program. Who knows what Elmo is saying? <laughs> Elmo. We're 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 brainwashing the children. This is why they cut it off. You know, someone over there. You know, one of the uh, probably the, the new number two in Al Qaeda went. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. What's my kid watching here? These are Western values. Put a burka on that Muppet. I, it, I find it. This is inconscionable. We're brainwashing. I'm not, I'm not agreeing with you on this. I think this is fine. You think it's good? I don't think it's good. Who owns Sesame Street? Was, sorry, the Children's Television Workshop. Yeah, and who, who owns that? Well, it's a bunch of big corporate guys. Yeah, and so why yeah, is why is the U.S. government paying for this to be produced in Pakistan and Lebanon and God knows where else? Well, it's not as though we're not wasting money every time you turn around. That's why the economy's in the toilet. Let's see. Let me take a look at the wiki here. Uh, children's oh, actually, they've changed the name of Children's Television Workshop. Oh, I didn't know that. It's now known as Sesame Workshop. Oh, hi. oh, boy, oh, boy, we're going to have some fun on Sesame Street today. <sighs> a worldwide American nonprofit organization behind the production of several so-and-so. Uh, workshop was instrumental in the establishment of children's television. Yeah, bullcrap. Uh, Joan Gans Cooney and Lloyd Morissette are the original founders. Mm-hmm. Uh, fund, originally founded by Carnegie Corporation, or Carnegie, uh-huh. as they like to say. Uh-huh. Uh, nonprofit Melvin Ming is the current current head guy. It's on PBS. Uh, well, anyway, know. if they're using this to brainwash Pakistani children, do you think there might be something in there for our own children? Oh yeah, they're brainwashing our kids too. I wouldn't ah, let a kid okay. watch this thing. Okay, thank you. Let's see, Sweden, Philippines, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Egypt, there we go. Jordan, yeah, well, it's brainwashing. Nigeria, this is great. Pakistan, as we know, Simsim Humara, right? Also in Afghanistan. All funded by the U.S. government. Okay, well, I just want you to know, you may want to evaluate what your kids are watching. I wouldn't want yeah. my kids well, watching any brainwashing going on overseas is going on here too, because we know that. I just found it interesting. Hmm. Okay. 
right, go on. I have a short clip, by the way, I, I thought was kind of funny. This guy, Mark Toner at the State Department. Yeah. He's hilarious. He never answers anything, but he's such a good-spirited guy. <laughs> that, that's, there's a, there's a, a real sh- short little clip in there where one of the reporters just, you know, just snidely says this, and he just takes it like duck water off a duck's back. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the State Department. Matt? And an empty vessel. <laughs> More than you do. Um, that was I a setup, clearly. Softball, I'll take it yeah. time. Uh, did you record that with the microphone in your anal cavity? or uh, how you know, did you- it, it sounded fine on this. I had to de-noise it because there's a noise buzz that's in the background. Your denoising is not, that's not the way to go. You, you threw it out of phase. Well, I didn't mean, I don't know how that happened. There's are, no way. That, are well, all I, your clips just like go, that? Just play one channel. It'll be fine. Uh, anyway, he says, I'm an empty vessel. And the guy says, more than usual. And it's very funny. Yeah, it's an old clip. Had to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, great. Yeah, awesome. well, I guess we won't be playing any of my clips if they all sound like that. Do they all sound like that? I, Seriously? Sure. It doesn't sound like that here. I don't know what, what you... Sounds fine. Yeah. Well, please don't denoise. Whenever you denoise stuff, it, it messes it up. It was you wouldn't put up with it otherwise. Well, can you just record it? I got a ground loop on the system here somewhere in the audio that it creates just a buzz. So I debuzzed it. Yeah. And uh, well, the debuzzing is not a good idea. That uh, ruins it. All right, something going up up there in uh, the northern state of Gitmo, Canada. New laws passed. Ontario's legislature passed the McGuinty government's controversial anti-bullying bill today. That discrimination against uh, children on the basis of whatever, including their sexual orientation. (laughs) The basis of whatever. (laughs) What? Yeah, the basis of whatever, including their sexual orientation. So you can't say, hey... You got a big nose. Get out of my way. That apparently is now bullying and uh, against the law in Toronto. This of whatever, including their sexual orientation, is no longer acceptable. The law applies to all publicly funded schools and requires them to let students call anti-homophobia clubs gay-straight alliances if they want to. Many Catholic school boards and church leaders opposed this aspect of the bill. So I'm not quite sure what the, you know, they're bringing up this point of using the word gay-straight alliances. Which, as as an anti homophobia or, or or what is what was that? I, I didn't understand what she's talking about. Neither and did what's I. What's the gay straight alliance all about? So you can set up a support group and you can call it a gay straight alliance, and that and church groups have an issue with the, with using the word. Well, here's the alliance. Gay using the word gay. Which, by the way, in New York State, uh, calling someone gay can no longer be uh, deemed uh, defamatory. You saw the lawsuit about that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so you can say, "Hey, don't be, don't hey, be gay. Hey, don't be so gay," and someone cannot sue you anymore. Uh, here's the plan uh, in 13 seconds. Here's a look at McGinty's anti-bullying plan. He wants there to be tougher consequences, including expulsion. <laughs> so uh, instead of just being uh, kicked out of school for a week they can kick you out of school for good okay that'll that'll be helpful support programs for victims support programs okay rehabilitation programs for bullies <laughs> yeah that's gonna be fun and schools must support activities promoting understanding uh, to all hold hands and understand 
Might as well ohm the dome while you're at it. <laughs> um, uh, this is, of course, uh, once again, sneaking up on cutting off your... Uh, do they have a First Amendment right in Canada? No, they don't have a First Amendment. I understand. Do they have something equal to it? Something uh, like Not it? really. Oh, okay. Well, then every country gets the government it deserves. As will we. They have right. They have they have laws that protect uh, freedom of speech, but it's not the same. It's not a, it's not the absolutist uh, type of thing we have in the Constitution. Right. Well, it doesn't matter because we have. And it gets cut off every so often. Yeah, we got anti-bullying laws here as well. So it's just it's what it is. And my favorite topic. You have something? Just, let's try one of your uh, one of your other clips to see if they suck. No, they're all going to suck if that one came out like that because they're all been denoised the same way. Let me try. Uh, See what do we got here? Uh, rah, 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 rah. Sent mail. Hold on, let me get the list. I had to bring up. I keep. I send these on Google now. Welcome to State Department. Bloomberg at UNC is not funny. Uh, this is interesting. Play the budget clip. Okay, here we go. This should be interesting. The hearing will come to order. The committee will come to order. Uh, welcome everybody to the budget committee. Uh, the purpose of this hearing is to review. The long-term budget outlook, which CBO just recently released, and unpack the fiscal and economic damage and challenges uh, facing our nation. We're joined today by no stranger to this committee, Doug Elmendorf, Director of the Congressional Budget Office. I want to thank you for testifying again today, Doug, and for the work your team has done in putting together this report. The report is sobering, and the warnings are dire. You write in the report, quote, Growing debt would increase the probability of a sudden fiscal crisis during which investors would lose confidence in the government's ability to manage its budget and the government would thereby lose its ability to, at, to borrow at affordable rates, close quote. What's causing this growing debt? Government spending is on a breakneck pace. By 2025, according to this report, Health spending, including Medicare and Medicaid, Social Security, and interest on the debt will consume 100% of revenues. Tax revenues that continue to increase each and every year. The problem, of course, is unsustainable increases in government spending. Our entitlement programs, in particular government spending on health care, are the core drivers of the debt. Okay, the report makes clear the health... He goes on, this Ryan... He goes on and on and on like this, and he never wants, he says, you know, we're broke, we're, we're spending is out of control, N- and never once mentions the military budget. Well, no, the, why would you? And the military budget, which <laughs> nobody will even audit. They want to audit the Fed? Uh, they're going to audit, uh, I think the, uh, what did we see in the documents? They said 2019, they'll be ready for the audit? I think. For the for the military, yeah, the Pentagon. Pentagon. In two thousand eighteen and nineteen, the Fed, but they they this is a, a laughable. They're just sending in the money. They don't even account for any of it. Oh, this is almost. And then they bitch about the economy. I mean, it's unbelievable to me that they wouldn't see. But can't do that. Got to protect our borders. Anyway, I just found it annoying to listen to this guy. This is. Uh, I should make this an evergreen clip. This is. Uh... About the time you got to play the old Rumsfeld clip from one day before uh, 9-11. This is the 10th of September, 2001. Here we go. Let's see. I think it's in this. I, I'm pulling this from YouTube. I don't have these in. Uh, let me see. Where he talks about the Pentagon. 
come on. Money wasted by the military poses a serious threat. In fact, it could be said that it's a matter of life and death. Rumsfeld promised change, but the next day, the world changed. And in the rush to fund the war on terrorism, the war on waste seems to have been forgotten. My 03 budget. Wait. wait. Donald Rumsfeld declared is. war, not on foreign terrorists. The adversary is closer to home. It's the Pentagon bureaucracy. He said money wasted by the military poses a serious threat. <clears throat> I got to pull that clip. Anyway, he says $2.3 trillion is missing from the Pentagon. And he said that on uh, September 10th, 2011. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that was uh, quite a couple of years Coincidence? ago. Coincidence? I think not. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. You know, it's funny how the uh, the military, you know, we extol the, how great it is, all these soldiers, they do all this hard work for us. And then once they get out, they get screwed. They get kicked out of their benefits from the VA. It's all, well, and this has been a history of this country since the Civil War, where they have people done pensions, they pull the pension. Or they, there was somebody that was in the news the other day who had the government would only give them 49% of their pension because if they gave them 50% then their wife would get death benefits and uh, screw that. I just find it abhorrent. And uh, we want to congratulate uh, producer uh, Harry Pilgrim on his retirement. He's retiring yes. from uh, I believe he's uh, Marines I believe. Yeah, well hopefully he won't get screwed. No. Uh, I want to start <laughs> no. off with a, uh, uh, a I went to the Twitch show and Chad Spacey from Santa Clara uh, gave the show $100. Oh, that's very kind. On the spot donation. On the spot nice. donation. It's nice. a big deal. He gets top of the billing. Oh. Anonymous, uh, $100. Uh, for my wife's protection, keep my name and location for this donation anonymous. Um, <clears throat> just trying to do his part to support the best podcasting universe. I'd like to request some karma for his wife, who is serving as a flight nurse in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. The information I've received from her things... From her, things are not as stable as the news might say. Really? <laughs> her base and neighboring bases are attacked regularly. And now that the bases are open to Afghanistan security forces, suicide bombers are entering the base and killing soldiers and civilians with relative ease. Keep assassinating the media for her and all the service men and women. Yes, we definitely would like to give this karma to them. You've got karma. Thank you. Thank you, Anonymous. Ryan Reich in Brooklyn, New York, $100. You know what's uh, going to happen? One day, we're going to get the knock at the door, and here's the headline. Anonymous supported radical podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. 100 bucks. Hi, John and Adam. Thanks for the job, Carmen. March, after I donated, but before the show aired, I had my interview and was offered a freelance gig on the spot. All right. After a couple of weeks, they offered me a full-time position. As promised, here's some money out of my first real paycheck. Can I ask her some NYC karma, see something, say something. So he wants to see something, say something, NYC karma for his girlfriend. Thanks again. See something, say something. You've got karma. Nahel Saeed in Nashville, Tennessee, $100. Uh, Joseph Tirio in Woodstock, Illinois, $99.99. Uh, Monarch Senior Care giving a hearty ITM from Gitmo Nation, Wood Tucky. Donating painfully sober, sad to say, that ninety nine ninety nine is actually three times thirty three thirty three for extra mystic power. Oh yeah, 
Please just send a karma shot to Monarch Senior Care as we are just getting by taking care of the seniors and vets in Northern Illinois. And how about a shout out for my smoking hot wife, Karen? Keep up the good work, my friends. Uh, read the Hunger Games and Shock doc- Doctrine, not necessarily in that order. So he needs um, karma. And, and then a milk. Oh, You've really? Got karma. That's one mother I'd like to. Sir An- Astrum in uh, Vendel in Vosterbottom. Uh, <laughs> hey, dudes, the slide wh- whistle kicks ass. Its duet form is even better. He's 7777. Uh, vote for the slide whistle. Which I did not bring with me. Oh. Alan Cleland in Dundee, Angus. Seventy-two twenty-seven. Wait a minute! You're doing a show without your prep, without your your tools, your tools. I have, my, I have the tools I have up here. I have separate tools. Do you have a clippity clop tool? No, I'm not. No. I'm not I'm, I can't get through uh, through. You uh, need. Here's what you need. You need uh, no, no, I can uh, get you through need, uh, security with, listen, the, with the tool. Listen, the to me. let me be clear. You need a flight case, which has a foam inside. And in that, there's a cutout, a cutout for the two coconut halves, a cutout for the slide whistle, a cutout for, uh, for the train whistle, a cutout for the bell. You need a little traveling flight case, my friend. Alan Clellan in Dundee, <laughs> 7227. Uh, the E in my surname is pronounced like egg, not eel. Cle- egg, Clellan is what Cleland, I did. yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello from Gitmo Nation, Wild Haggis. It's a warm, sunny day up here in Scotland while the Queen's Jubilee is a washout. <laughs> Maybe they targeted the weather machine a little too far. Did you hear about the, about, the, about the Queen's Jubilee, what they did to the workers, how they screwed them over? No. They apparently told them they could all get a gig working for free. They had to work for free, like all unpaid interns, to help out on this thing. They hired thousands of them. <laughs> and then they gave them a bag lunch. They told them they had to eat the next day. They gave them no... It started raining on them. They, they had no place to put them, so they put them under an overpass. And then they said, "You guys can quit and go home if you want to, but then, but if you do, you will be. It'll be duly noted on your record, and you may not get a job at the Olympics, and you may lose your social security. No service for you. Did you hear about any of this? It's unbelievable. <laughs> no. All I heard was Pierce Moron and Brooke on CNN going, "It's amazing. Look at that. Oh, look at it's beautiful." Oh, it's amazing. It's, and Pierce kept going on and on. Well, oh, the Royal Air Force flyby, the flyby, the fly, a Lancaster and some Spitfires, a flyby. I've met the Queen. He's a reptile. Lizard. Anyway, I realized I get 50% of my news from No Agenda and the rest from ZeroHedge.com. Yeah, they're pretty good. So I decided I should stop being a douchebag and donate for the first time in 2012. This donation is the same amount as I pay Richard Branson's Virgin Media each month for the privilege of being lied to by the BBC, CNN, and Fox. I like to call my, my brother out as a douchebag. Douchebag. He knows who he is. He moved to the big city and got himself a shiny new job, but has yet to donate to No Agenda, despite listening for years. Oh, man, thank you. Well, that's a, a very good point. And, of course, you don't only just pay that amount to Richard Branson, but you also have to pay your license uh, for the BBC. You have a license fee, which you have to pay, which I think is is hefty, isn't it? Like... Um, Two three hundred pounds now a year, I think. Yeah, I thought it was two fifty. I don't know what it is. I'll check after, it, but it's not, it's not cheap. Matt Milligan in Sparks, Nevada, sixty nine, sixty nine, keeping the streak alive. 
Hey there, John and Adams. Thanks for outstanding insight and entertainment. Funds are getting tight over here with a new human resource expecting to show up for work on October 9th. <laughs> and my smoking hot milf to take a few months off to get the little guy up and running. I'll do my best to stop buying the 16-ounce full sugar drinks and save some money and going to the more economically sound 64-ounce at the corner store. Screw Bloomberg and the slaves that cower to him. Can I get a little girl auditioning saying, shut up, slave, so I can get my three-year-old daughter to get the idea of what the competition is like? Also, can I have a shout of karma for my growing family? One last thing, my wife is driving to work today and saw a slow flying small windowless military gray plane over the highway we drive she immediately yelled drone <laughs> i went to take a picture but the cop behind her in the new anti-phone use while driving law scared her from doing so the ministry uh, of truth is on to us yeah yeah you got to be very very careful wait that's not the one <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Adios, <mofo>. <laughs> That's not the one. <laughs> I don't know where the kid is with shut up. So I'll get the karma first. You've got karma. I, I have it here somewhere, but it must be mislabeled. Shut up, slave. I don't know. Can't find it. Sorry. We'll, say it, we'll try to find it by the yeah, end of the I will show. find it, yeah. Wicked Slave in Trent, Tampa, Florida, 6969, keeping the 6969 meme going. It's been about four or five months now. Uh, hey, John and Adam, in the morning, giving you some value for value after three years of listening and being a douchebag. Yeah. Could I get de-douched and karma? Also, I'd like to call out Florida listeners, all Florida listeners, as douchebags. Douchebag. Well, not all of them. No, that's uh, true. Not all of them. The ones that donate are not douchebags. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. I'm a free karma. Didn't oh, he ask he did, for no, karma? He asked for, yeah, karma. Asked for right. karma. Steve Bottoms, Reno, Nevada. Another Nevada Inn. Another Nevada Inn for two sixty-nine, sixty-nine. That's pretty funny. Uh, doing his part to keep the streak alive. Um, the Alex Iaconi in... Pisa, Italy. Gordon Giorno from the Gitmo Nation, Leaning Tower and Chianti. This is my first donation and hopefully not the last. This period is very, very difficult for us in Gitmo Nation, Mandolino. But the hope is still there and at least we can enjoy a nice podcast while the boat's sinking. <laughs> I'm actually poor even for Italians by Italian standards. I have nothing to cut, no movies, no cable TV or other BS. So I decided to cut the money for my wife's birthday gift <laughs> oh, no. in order to donate. <laughs> Fifty-five, oh. fifty-five. Oh, thank you. Oh, hmm. she is French and hot. Hey, now. Photos in the mail. I never saw these photos. Sent your photos in the mail. <laughs> I asked for international wire info. Her name is Estelle, and I request a milf karma for her quest to a better job. Please mention Estelle and Agostino son ten this year for their birthdays. All right, send pictures. That's one mother I like. You've got karma. Send pictures. He also has a little, he'd offer a discount on his Airbnb house here in Tuscany. Hmm. And, and my sister, you know, they're trying to stop the Airbnb action in, in New York. Why is that? Why do you think? The hotel lobby got up in everybody's face about, hey, people are staying in other people's houses instead of spending time in the hotel. Oh, so uh, they're going to make that illegal? Yes. You think that'll actually get that through? Yes. And, and under what law will they make that illegal? Uh, you you need a permit to rent out uh, rooms. Huh. 
145 pounds 50 for color television license. No, that's not bad. <laughs> what? For to be lied to? <laughs> to be lied to. So anyway, he, he's got a place in Tuscany, which is cool, and a sister in Split, Croatia, which is actually cool, too. Gidmo Nation, Haida. Uh, all for no agenda listeners at 20% off and we, and nights, 33% off his profile number on Airbnb is take this down. If you're going to Tuscany, one, six, one, two, four, four, one, that's one, six, one, two, four, four, one. And we'll send 33 of the fare of the, of the fee to no agenda. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. In the morning. And it would be, you know, those are good places. Split is cool. And so is Tuscany. Sir Carl Barron from Malmo, Sweden, fit double nickels on the dime. Uh, asking for some get well karma as I've had this virus from hell. That's funny. This virus has been all over the place. I think my wife had it. Uh, after I think I've just recovered, I realized it started when I didn't have donated for a while. Maybe that's it. This might help um, heal me. Yes. Sir. Reading some just outside Athens. Sir Carl Barron. You've got... Karma. Send us a report, man. Send us a report on yes, what's going on. Reports, yeah, we please. want reports. Please. We want to know what's really happening. We need Ari Semmelroth in Hendersonville, North Carolina, 5333, finally leaving Saudi Arabia. We need a report from you, too. So I figured, I, and also photos, I would donate 5333, which is 200 Saudi rails. Uh Sorry about all the threes, but that is the way it works out. The exchange rate is fixed and never changes. Mr. Curry should look into that. I need a de douching and a shot of karma for my upcoming trip back to the States. You've been de douched. You've got karma. Expect to be held up. Todd Montgomery in Morgantown, West Virginia. Your your favorite town, Motown. 5225. While listening to Morgantown. show 414, I grabbed a fortune cookie as a snack. It said, Small donation is called for. Huh. It's the right thing to do. There you go. Well, that, that's karma talking at you, ain't you it? Gotta find this cookie maker. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, John, on inserting those 10,000 uh, fortunes. Shannon Adkins in Warren, Michigan, 50-50. Here's my third and fourth just getting by contribution to the only show I can honestly say that I look forward to listening to twice a week. Sean Pyle, Streamwood, Illinois, $50.09. That's a vote against the uh, slide whistle. whistle. Really need some new job karma. Being an IT slave is killing me. What would really kick ass is if John came galloping along with his sword drawn and sprinkled karma as he passed by. I know he's, his sweaty hands are itching to bust out his coconuts. <laughs> also, there's hoping for a dramatic increase in slide whistle failures along with the flooding in the Thai slide whistle district, causing them to become ridiculously unaffordable. <laughs> Screw the slide whistle. I'm sure you... You have a lot more anti-whistle donations if you weren't making us pay more for our vote. <laughs> yeah, two cents. <laughs> two cents, yeah. It's rigged, it's I tell rigged, you. It's rigged. It's rigged. Here's job karma for you. You've got <laughs> karma. That's funny. <laughs> it's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> and balancing off the 09 is $50.07 from Scott Arnato in Davie, Florida. Request for karma for my mom, Sharon, who is with uh, my help. Well, who, with my help, cares for my dad, who had two strokes in the last year. I had to quit my job in North Carolina to move home to help her out. Oh, yeah, moms are pretty awesome. They do really do a lot. You've got karma. Daniel Torello, Torello, Torello in Charleston, one of the prettiest towns in the world, South Carolina, $50.05. Please distribute three quarters of the money to Jean-Claude. Why? Because... 
He has to deal with Adam. <laughs> he makes Twit better. And just started listening to DH Unplugged. Please give my roommate, Michael Ryan, Classy Mike, a congratulatory douchebag. Douchebag. On getting into school and burning out my backlight on my HDTV. Oh, my personal grudges. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe. Ah, okay. Peter, well, there you go. That's not, not very nice. Well, no. Why don't I just, uh, you know what we should do? We'll just, I'll do, um, I'll record it on two channels and you can just uh, turn my channel off and just listen to John. Can you imagine the, the back and forth? Well, you know, I did a DH unplugged once in stereo. That's no, it's no good. It's, it, it it's sucks. no good. It sucks. Well, this is in stereo. It's just, I have the mic centered. We're not going to do it off. Yeah, center. of course. No, you can't go back and forth. Like oh, we that. could it's do ridiculous. it. I've actually had people suggest it too, which I think, wow. Yeah. Okay. Peter Lechbrett. Yeah. If, when stereos first came out in the mid fifties, everyone was jumping back. Hey, how cool there. is that? I'm Sacks over here. Bonus, right? I'm over here on the left and you're on the right, John. Come on, do it. Hello there. Hello. I'm over on the right. I'm over here. Peter Luckcraft <laughs> in Masclat, Midi, in France. Uh, $50. Must be drunk again. Must be drunk again. Good luck to you both, plus a bit of karma for our new president. He'll need it. <laughs> yeah. You've got karma. Our resident actress, Tanya Fosters in San Francisco, gave us $50 for show 1415 birthday shout out for our precious human resource, Ava, or Ava Ava, who was born on 415. This might be a new way to get people to donate more money, a birthday shout out on their real birthday, and also on the episode that corresponds to their birthday. My husband thought of this and therefore gets all the props. Okay. We will definitely put. Uh... Ava. Is it Ava or Ava? Ava, Ava, I Ava. I think it's Ava. I think it's Ava. I think it's Ava. Well, she's in the <sighs> chat room, I'm sure. Is it Ava or Ava? She'll let us know. Uh, Jeffrey Molner in Omaha, Nebraska, 50 bucks. The goose hung high in Framingham, Massachusetts. 50 bucks. Uh, Adam Colby. Sir Adam Colby to you in Menasha, Wisconsin. Uh, $50 from him. And uh, Philip Meeson in Welshpool. Pows, UK, $50. And then we want to thank them and all the other donors for show 415 to keep the show alive. And we hope that if you want to sneak in and get a cheap uh, executive producership for your bio, I'm absolutely sure on Sunday you can do it. We uh, need to pick up our uh, numbers a little bit. For well, let me, say th- let me say this about so. that. Um, so Sunday was abysmal. Today, I mean, we know the summer months are always going to be low. So this is lower than normal. Um, and remember, this is all we do, right? So we this is... The, at least John writes some columns and, uh, and he does some other charity work like that Twitch show. Um, but <laughs> you like that? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but in order to keep us going, we do have to also uh, live the American dream of just getting by. And what I'm seeing on the list is the donations are coming from existing donors. Yes, people who have donated in a while. I see a lot of nights who are always there to support us. And, of course, that is their job. Uh, they need to propagate the formula. It's part of what you do as a No Agenda Night. But we need to see new people. Now, we know that no more than 2% of the audience is supporting the program. If you know, I mean, we're coming into the summer months. If Sunday is really another down day, then, John, I would just suggest we take July off. I mean, I, I, can, get, I can do other things. 
July was terrible last year. I know, and that's where we're headed. So if we don't get the new people, if I don't see 10 new people on the list, I'm going to suggest, and we can have a meeting about it, I'm going to suggest, why don't we just take July off? We'll come back in August. Because it won't make any difference. You know, there's other things I can do. You know, I can do more auditions. Uh, I'm sure I could be on Twitter. Well, that would be charity because the tweet doesn't pay. But I'm, or, or, you know, I'll just, it won't make any difference. It just won't make any difference. Well, the my, my only and I mentioned. I mean, I have I have my wedding coming up in the, in the last in, newsletter. Well, you could, might want to take that day off. But I mentioned the last newsletter that uh, we do have people that are dependent on hearing this show twice a week. I mean, they are on commutes. Uh, they got to drive and drive and drive, and there's no real substitute for this show. This and is the, this it, is the interesting thing. I saw a uh, you know everyone's analyzing Facebook. By the way, it looks like my seventeen dollars a share is going to come true before I even thought it would come true. Um, and the, there was a report about mobile usage, <clears throat> about radio and television. It was a really big report. I have to find out what, what I, I stored it somewhere. I'll see if I can put it in the show notes. And the one thing it said is that American uh, commuters, but I think this is worldwide, are woefully underserved with media in their automobiles. I'm thinking, well, people who listen to No Agenda are not woefully underserved. You know, I, I think that they may still be underserved, but not woefully. And there's a couple other podcasts out there that are that are certainly worth listening to. And you know, if and this is where I think most of our audience is. No, it, they're in the car. They're in the car, and five hours. This is the five hours of the show. There are people that listen to the show that aren't commuters, and they are always behind because it's easier to if you if you're driving for 45 minutes to work or half an hour, it's perfect because then you get your whole five hours in. Because an hour in and an hour back, and that's right. five days a week. That's five hours. That's our show. So, which is a common commute time is you know twenty five to thirty five minutes is not. But, but I'll tell you. So we're we're leaving on I think the ninth, and we have a so we arrive on the tenth, uh, which is a Wednesday I think, and then I'm going to be prepping. You know, jet lagged to be prepping. Then we have no, that's a Tuesday. Um, but I'll still be jet lagged. Prepping on Wednesday, then we have the show on Thursday, then we have our bachelor party on Friday. Then, then you know, so then we kind of recuperate on Saturday, I guess. You know, it's it's going to be you know a big party. Um, and then I you know I got to prep, and then on Sunday I do another show, and then on Monday is the wedding. I don't feel like doing that if we don't have you know boners out there becoming donors. And this is not about the amount of money. This is about the principal question. You know, just the principle of the value for value model that there are a lot of people out there who are being served by us in the car and they're not stepping up. I just need to see some new names on this list because that's what troubles me most is it's the, you know, it's the same. There are people who have donated thousands of dollars over the course of their listenership in five years. That's a lot of money, but other people are just boning around. And, and I'm I'm really serious about my suggestion. It's like, well, then why don't we just take July off? I can do, I, I have, you know, I'm, uh, I got a, a wedding. And let me see. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's not a minor deal. And I have two shows well, I'm planned. Sure people, I'm sure they'll come through for this Sunday. I mean, we just essentially, these Sundays are going to be miserable. All right. I think your point's well taken. At least Garling, uh, who was a $33.33 uh, a month uh, donor, says, uh, Hey, Adam, I've been listening since Apes on iPads. I'm fully hooked. I propagate the formula constantly and have successfully converted a few. However, not my husband. He hates you. 
<laughs> I think there's still hope. I've been away, so I just listened to the last few shows in a row and just joined the Super Lucky Club. The shows are great for long flights, and focusing on your show recently helped me from passing out. Literally, my flight anxiety is getting worse with every trip. Anyhow, as I sell my jewelry, the more I'll donate. But in the meantime, $33.33 a month is better than nothing. And uh, you can find her at uh, EliseGarling.com, Elise Garling's jewelry. Actually, not bad. Her uh, jewelry looks pretty good. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of nice stuff. And while you're taking a look, I will tell everyone where they can support this Value for Value program. Dvorak.org slash N-A It's your birthday, birthday, hey, 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 on no agenda. And we congratulate Derek Johnson's girlfriend, Stacy, celebrating today, and Tanya Foster's daughter, Ava, born on 415, which corresponds, of course, with episode 415, and we are uh, so happy for you and for your hubby. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show! So my favorite uh, country in the world that I always like to see what's going on since we had the big concert and everyone put hands together and we circled the globe and we all raised billions of dollars for Haiti. Oh, it was so beautiful. And of course, uh, you could even you could even punch a couple of numbers into your phone and 10 bucks would go. there. That's right. That's right. And I'm sorry, it didn't just go to Haiti. It went to the Bush Clinton Foundation before it went to the Clinton for Haiti Foundation. And here's how they remember they came on television with President Barack Obama. We had two former presidents, uh, George W. Bush and Clinton. And what did they say? We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. That's right. Just send your cash. And boy, did we. Billions of dollars, which has not shown up. No one can account for it. It's uh, mysteriously gone. Countries haven't uh, uh, come and through on, on their commitments. And of course, did we call that immediately? Immediately. Because we've seen this, this same scam with all these different, you know, events, these rock concerts, and they put the, remember the television show they put all yeah George all Clooney produced scary. it yeah it was huge it was everyone oh I feel, but everyone felt and, really good and after we got that. we got crap from people for pointing out that this was a scam well here's the biggest part of the scam uh, I did watch some Democracy Now this past after week after years of rumors that mining companies were exploring in Haiti Canadian U S corporations now confirmed they have permits to mine as much as one third of the land in the northern part of the country. Haiti's new prime minister says the estimated $20 billion worth of minerals in Haiti's hills. Let me just repeat that. $20 billion worth of minerals and gold in the hills of northern Haiti. Could help liberate it from dependency on foreign aid and rebuild from the devastating 2010 earthquake. But many worry the mines will be a boom for foreign investors and a bust for local communities. You think? For more, we're joined by Jane Regan, lead author of Gold Rush in Haiti, Who Will Get Rich? The report by Haiti Grassroots Watch was published Wednesday in The Guardian and also in Haiti Liberté. The investigation was made possible in part by a grant from the Pulitzer Center on Crisis Reporting. We invited representatives from the two mining companies featured in the report, but both Eurasian Minerals and Newmont Mining Corporation declined our request. Jane Regan, welcome to democracy. So Eurasian, uh, Eurasian Minerals is they're basically a tool maker. So the real company there is Newmont Mining Corporation. Oh, well, that's good news. Yes. Well, and I was uh, perusing through their website because, of course, you know, they didn't discuss this on Democracy Now. I, I don't understand why they don't do a little bit of Googling. Newmont.com, November Echo Whiskey, Mike Oscar, November Tango. 
And uh, so the nice little article here on Haiti's road to hope. And, uh, oh, gee, what do I see here? Um, Newmont supported Haiti during the last six months by providing a $1 million cash contribution to the Clinton-Bush-Haiti Fund to support critical relief efforts following the earthquake. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. That's right. So that's how it works. You donate a million dollars to the Bush-Clinton cabal, and then all of a sudden you get mining rights for $20 billion. And what do the people of Haiti get? Cholera. Oh, that's so nice. Cholera, here. Here, why don't you poop your guts out, little stupid slave? It's disgusting to me. From the UN. (laughs) From the UN. This is so disgusting. No one. I mean, this report on democracy now, whatever. But they didn't actually call out the real connection, which is so disappointing. They just say evil people, evil white people. Yeah, got it. But you got to make the connection between who really did this. This was Clinton and Bush with their bonanza. We got the Red Cross building a hotel, a hotel and a conference center. Yeah. And meanwhile, people are pooping. Sad. Just sad. Very, very sad. That is a pathetic story. Yeah. Um, well, I'll save that one for a little bit later. So the uh, the campaign kind of continues. This uh, now I got a whole bunch of clips, and you know it's kind of like a reality show in a way, where you know if you if you can collect enough of the bull crap, you can kind of build a story out of it. Now I haven't really done that per se. Um. But we're seeing as a part of the elites, I think, making the decision that uh, Mitt Romney should be the next puppet as the leader of Gitmo Nation. Um, that they're trying to discredit uh, the president. And so, um, you know, we had these reports come out in the New York Times and uh, first about the drone program, making Obama look like uh, a crazed lunatic with his baseball cards uh, which I think, I think the administration thought that was going to be good, which is why I think they're trying to push this. We got the number two guy, whatever you know, to make it sound like the you know these baseball cards are worth something. Unfortunately, they forgot to reshuffle the deck and put the number two guy in the number two spot, as we've uh, just deconstructed for you. Uh, but the guy uh, who reported this was David E. Sanger who is, uh, I might add, according to the Book of Knowledge, a, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. So uh, how much for this, you know, so much for your um, independent journalist over there at the New York Times. What I didn't realize is that he's today releasing a book and all this information that was in the New York Times was actually an excerpt from his book. Did you realize this? No, that's funny. Yeah. His, yeah that's it, the way it's done now. So his name is David E. Sanger. And uh, I got a couple of clips about this because we have the left-leaning media not happy with what they are discovering about uh, President Obama and his obsession with the drones and the covert war and really the leaks. And you'll see even uh, Democratic uh, 
government officials coming out saying, yeah. hey, this is not okay. So th- there is a war against Obama here. This is the first uh, uh, Sanger. Well, Andrea, I was trying to be very careful in the course of what I did. Obviously, the Iranians knew a lot and learned a lot after the U.S. and Israel made a major mistake. And the mistake became known as Stuxnet. It was when the worm, the computer worm that was put into the Natanz plant, got out by accident. There was a programming error, and it went out through the laptop of an Iranian uh, uh, engineer, and he connected to the Internet. It got out to the world. That's what caused the leak. And what I did was then pull on the string of Stuxnet to see what was connected. What is this, like an intelligence tampon? I don't understand the pull on the string. And discovered a much wider program, which was called Olympic Games. Uh, But what I try to be very careful about this, as we do with the New York Times, as you do uh, at NBC, and that is I said from the beginning we would publish information that the Iranians had already figured out and they knew they had been attacked and they suspected where they were attacked from. Uh, As I say at the end of the book, I withheld some details about current and future operations and I was very careful uh, not to publish enough detail about how the worm got in that it would preclude that uh, issue as well. Okay, so he is basically saying that he has a lot more information that he did not disclose in his book, uh, nor in his New York Times article, which is an excerpt from his book. So there's a lot of information uh, being leaked to journalists. So we have um, uh, Obama's nemesis, who is a a Democrat, uh, Feinstein from California. Now, she leads the uh, House... Intelligence uh, Committee, or is it... uh, Yeah, she's House Intelligence. Right. So she actually was the one, before uh, the president announced to the world that that we had captured, I mean, killed bin Laden, which everyone keeps messing up, by the way. I keep hearing more people say captured and killed. Um, she actually popped that like an hour and a half before the president did at a, at some kind of fundraiser or not even, I'm sorry, it was, it was a, a eulogy for the, uh, for the guy who had gotten killed, uh, not bin Laden, but the uh, democratic operative. Uh, so here is Feinstein with a whoosh, blitzer. Uh, in the Situation Room. We have an enormously smart constituency of journalists. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're telling me that the journalists are really smart? Who follow this, who piece things together, who get one little piece somewhere and a second little piece another place and a third and a fourth and put it all together. And this is what we've got to now begin to pay some attention to. Because it's going to result in the inability of the United States uh, to be able to have an intelligence uh, profile, an intelligence uh, apparatus that's able to protect this country. And she goes on and she says American lives are at risk as a result of all of these leaks. Now, you have a new book that's out with a lot of sensitive information in there. What do you say when you hear... This is another guy with a book. (laughs) It's incredible. These complaints... Well, I think Senator Dianne Feinstein, for whom I have a great deal of admiration, I think just describe very accurately what journalists do, which is to piece... Yeah, which is basically take leaks... Feinstein. From, yeah, take leaks from the White House. So then we have MSNBC, without a doubt, a, a very left-leaning uh, organization. And uh, Chris Hayes... I'm not, I'm not saying... It's, uh, oh, I'm sorry. M- MSNBC. Yeah, no, they're uh, totally. So Chris Hayes is the host, and he has Jeremy 
Cahillon, who is a, either a journalist or maybe the editor of The Nation. And I believe The Nation is also a left-leaning... No, it's beyond that. It's progressive to the nth. Did you hear what Jeremy Scahill was saying about the president? Mm. Jeremy, you used the word murder before when you talked about um, the, the people who have been killed by these strikes who are not combatants, we can establish. Um, and obviously that's a that's a loaded word because it carries certain moral and, and, and legal ramifications. Why, why do you use that word? If, if someone goes into a shopping mall in pursuit of one of their enemies and opens fire on, on a crowd of people and guns down a bunch of innocent people in a shopping mall, they've murdered those people. Um, if when, when the Obama administration sets a policy where patterns of life are enough of a green light to drop missiles on people or to use, uh, you know, to, to, to send in AC-130s to spray them down. Um, but that wasn't I, the case I, here. You're talking about well, a targeted well, person uh, here. No, 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 no. That's not, but I'm, I'm, if you go to the village of Al-Majla in Yemen, uh, where I was, and you see the unexploded cluster bombs, and you have the list and, and photographic evidence, as I do, the women and children that represented the vast majority of the deaths in, a, in this first strike that Obama authorized on Yemen, those people were murdered by President Obama on his orders because there was believed to be someone from al-Qaeda in that area. There's only one person that's been identified that had any connection to al-Qaeda there. And, and 21 women and 14 children were killed in that strike. And the U.S. tried to cover it up and say it was a Yemeni strike. And we know from the WikiLeaks cables that David Petraeus conspired with the president of Yemen to lie to the world about who did that bombing. It's murder. when you It's mass murder. When you say we are going to bomb this area because we believe a terrorist is there and you know that women and children are in the area, the United States has an obligation to not bomb that area if they believe that women and children are there. That, that, I'm sorry, that's murder. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, he's not an editor, by the way. He's a, he's a freelance investigative journal, journalist that happens to write for the nation once in a while. Now, and, you, and a couple other things. One, you should, in the, as a progressive, and, and MS, MSNBC is really a spokes hole for the, for the administration in most situations. So they'll push back against the progressive because most of the progressives, which are the democracy now... He is from Democracy Now, right? He, he doesn't, isn't he also on Democracy Now? He's freelance, but I think he does a lot of Democracy no, Now he stuff. he probably does. Yeah. He's yeah. also been on Stewart. But the, the Democracy Now and those guys that push a little more, they are really upset about Obama. They're the ones, and they're all they're Democrats, and they're extremely upset, and they're the ones pushing the, you know, because it's like we didn't want another George Bush. Well, here's another MSNBC bit. This is where we have uh, Stangers on the show. I don't know who this is. It's kind of like one of those morning shows. It's a drippy drab show. Um, and I really don't care, but it just gives you, uh, you know, you brought this up and I thought you were so right on that, uh, that Democrats and, and, uh, people on the left are very, you know, uncomfortable that, uh, the president seems to be doing this with such ease and that he isn't toiling for hours and looking out the window. We've all seen the beautiful pictures, you know, and, and hand in head in hand and, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to kill another person. I might kill some innocent innocents. You know, he has no problem with Still it. Still do attacks. So I think he is conflicted by these. But I do believe, as I wrote in this, they hide behind the secrecy of both programs, particularly the cyber program, to not discuss it. So the United States has never acknowledged ever using a cyber weapon. Hmm. For drones, you can't deny it. I mean, you see the result. Yeah, well, but it's, it's also a question as to how the president's constituents deal with this. And Steve, we've talked about the very uncomfortable position I think this puts a lot of folks on the left in. I mean, there, there's been, to some degree, a lack of discussion about this, I think, because it's hard for people to wrap their heads around. I mean, this 
idea that President Obama is continuing and, and in some cases amplifying the programs put in place by the Bush administration on 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 very Actually, he amplified all of them. Yes, yeah. or all of them. Well, and it, and it seems like you talk about you know missing the opportunity to have the discussion with the American people and to explain some of these things. And I, I, I part of me, sort of the cynical part of me, says, well, that's that's basically to avoid exactly what you're talking about. If you if you expose this, if the if the Democratic Party base that was revolted when all the revelations about George W. Bush came out really grasped some of the things that was going on. You know, you had that kill list story. There was there was a, an item in there that basically said when these drone strikes take place and it comes time to tally up how many are killed, any male basically, any male who's who's you know, right. a certain adult, but that's yeah. basically any male in in a in an area of combat is considered you know an enemy combatant. I so mean, if you are too stupid to understand what's going on here, luckily we have Aaron Burnett, and Aaron Burnett. Uh, they should drone CNN headquarters. She's standing there, John, I kid you not, with a kitchen funnel, with a salad bowl, and a bottle of water. Required, you know, a little bit of a little bit of a setup here. Top secret intelligence leaking out of Washington like a sieve. Can you believe this? Is that a sieve or is that a funnel? It's a funnel. Well, you know what a sieve is, right? That's yeah, not a that's not a, a sieve. funnel's not a sieve. She should have said funnel. She doesn't even get the right, the right implement correct. It's unbelievable. So first of all, she's, like, so, she, so she's pouring water in a funnel. Yeah, down and she's a calling bowl it and a she's sieve. This commentary. Yeah, and she's calling it a sieve. You're watching too much CNN to catch this. I um, must say, she uh, her her waist has uh, tightened up a bit. Oh, you can believe that they're you know giving her a bloody hell. It's cinched. Um, okay, and then the final one because of course. Uh, we we think that uh, now John McCain now he is the ultimate pitchman, uh, he's the guy that was right there leading around the uh, the top oil companies through Libya, and I'm sure when Syria falls he'll be there with uh, again all the top oil companies and military brass, and he'll do the same in Yemen. This guy is a total prick, an a hole, and he's on Charlie Rose this morning with CBS, and uh, he's not having any of this number two and Al Qaeda's core is gone and we're and uh, oh no he's not having he, he's he's very angry about the leaks because this of course is completely coming from the Oval Office but he says something which was just like whoa good morning Charlie tell me specifically what it is about these leaks that you think compromise national security well uh, two of the highest priorities that we have as far as national security is concerned is the issue of the Iranian nuclear uh, build uh, uh, the attempts of Iran to uh, acquire nuclear weapons and the other of course uh, is uh, is the issue of drones which are one of the key elements as you just described in the previous story and how we will keep al-Qaeda down and by the way I take a little issue with the previous report that Al-Qaeda is uh, making a comeback. In a <laughs> John, they're making a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. We've got to get uh, LL Cool J to do an Al-Qaeda comeback. They're making a comeback. <laughs> they're making a comeback. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, he's obviously just stooging for the, you know, the, the two, three trillion dollars going down the tubes in the Pentagon that's, you know, sinking the country. That's yeah. fine, I guess. That's that's uh, patriotic. Yeah. Have you heard uh, the president's latest thing about the economy? What, you know, why we're all down? No, no. I'm going to hear about it, though. No. Oops. Sorry. You talked over it. Hold on. Here we go. 
A lot of that's attributable to Europe and oh, yeah. the cloud that's coming over from the Atlantic and the whole world economy is uh, has been uh, weakened uh, by it. No, it's the cloud coming over they from Europe. They got the wrong Obama. Well, Haiku Herman is pissed. He's not having this blame anymore. Uh, we have to oh, by the way, he's in Russia when he's standing next to Putin when he says this for some. Uh, here we go. Yeah, for it's some. For, by the minute. For some reason. Yeah. Uh, we have to put a lot of nuances in this blaming in some way of the eurozone for the so-called problems of the world economy. Now, you've never heard this guy really raise his voice. This is the first time I'm seeing him cracking under the pressure. First of all, we have our problems. They are very well known. But world economic growth is also suffering from problems uh, in some of the emerging economies. Not the Russian economy, of course. Of course. But some of the <laughs> emerging countries are facing huge problems. And what we are living now, what we are experiencing now, you can't compare this with a huge financial crisis of 2008 and 2009. Nine, coming from the other side of the ocean. Oh. Then at that time, we had overall in Europe, a, a, in, the Euro, in the European Union, a recession of... He is pissed. You got your troubles. This is the song for Haiku Herman. No, it sucks. I was going to play the tremolos. I can't hear a word of it. Yeah. So he, uh, so he of so, course, we have to hearken back because we were doing the show during this. Yeah. And uh, the uh, it was all those Europeans that were so, oh, it's your problem, not ours. You suck. Yeah. You guys can sink on your own. We got nothing to do with you. And, and now especially we, the Scottish banks. Yeah. And now we're saying it's our fault. And Obama's saying, no, it's your fault. That's why I wanted to play. You've got your troubles. I've got mine. Da, 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 da. But YouTube failed me. Yeah, so this is uh, this is an issue. And it, by the minute, I wonder what the connection with Putin's got to do with this. Well, he was there. Uh, I I didn't clip it because it was uninteresting. Um, but you know, they had. He's looking for investment from Russia. Haiku Herman is? Yes. He said He's it. He's looking for a bailout? Yep, from Russia. Well, and it makes kind of sense. You know, I think the if Putin wants to do anything, you know, we have this BRICS central bank that they're trying to set up with Brazil, India, China, and Russia, uh, which would not trade on the dollar. And that would, you know, so they're trying to make a reserve currency. The euro, by definition, is, you know, has always been, you know, they've always tried to make that the de facto reserve currency, which is, I'm pretty sure, why Goldman Sachs was sent in to assassinate the system. And I'm sure we're actually the ones that are, this is what Haiku Herman is saying. Like, you're screwing us. Yeah, well, maybe we are. You are such a Yankee doodle. Today, yeah, <laughs> because you sold me on Clinton. Yeah, but I mean, Hillary. But you're not supposed to actually think it's a good thing. I don't see why it's not. Euro is down to a buck twenty-five. When it gets down to below a dollar, I'm going to be a happy camper. I can go back to Europe and hang out, get some hookers. Yeah. What happened to? Uh, explain this to me. So I saw the market Third oil's down to eighty-four bucks. So I saw the market go down and down and down. 
And then yeah. all of a sudden it pops up like a like a mofo. What happened? How does that work? Yeah, it's, it's corrupt. <laughs> oh, okay. It's well, rigged. Is that because uh, Bernanke or someone at the Fed said, you know, we might have to do a, another printing of money, another quantitative easing, a QE3? Is that the reason why? I think so. And I think they have to do that because essentially, you know, people moan and groan about, about uh, Sergey Brin just sold – Forty-seven million dollars worth of Google stock. Anyway, they, they, <laughs> there's they a man who's to, getting laid. The, the way this a monetary system works, despite all the gold bugs thinking it doesn't work this way, is you do have to regulate the amount of money that's in circulation, and you do that, and you you balance it out based on uh, on inflation. And then even though the European economists are now economists are now realizing you have to have some inflation, you have to have some here too, because we got none. I mean, we do have some, but it's not enough. We have to crank up the – because we cranked up QE1, QE2, and it didn't cause the whole runaway inflation. It's going to be like Germany in the 30s, which is bull crap. And so you know, you got to get it up a little more. So they're going to have to do a QE3 to push it because although – I mean, I have a – I think it's a great thing to do because you needed to – that's what happened during the 1850s. Well, how much QE do you need? How much uh, of the Q, well, the Q do you need? Well, we're going to get as much – well – that's the problem because because of everyone being gutless about this. But wait a minute, Let me, I just this is very important because I know that you're you're big on this and you think it should be you know trillions of dollars, uh, and that's yes. probably what it would take. But if you uh, essentially print trillions of dollars, doesn't that uh, dilute our money by definition? It's not going to change if there's no inflation of any sort and the price of you know unless there's some outside influence there should be it it dilutes our dollars in so far as foreign trade is concerned making usually our stuff cheaper mm-hmm. uh, relatively cheaper which would improve yeah, but we, our but, uh, hold on a second. I, I don't have any stuff. I no, but it's not going to cost you to, when you go to your farmer's market. The the, the dozen eggs is still going to be a dollar or two dollars or four dollars whatever you pay. It's not going to. It's not going to change any of that. So what difference does it make? You just have more money in your pocket to buy more eggs. It's well, not wait, 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 wait. How do I get more money? Well, what's going to happen is you get you put the money in circulation, and it causes the pull through that the economy needs. It's a, the real job creators are the public. You know, if they'd given the money instead of to the stupid banks and given it to the public. Which is the way it worked during the gold rush. Well, now you're uh, sounding like an Obama bot. So uh, am I just supposed to hear and say, no, "Give Obama's me some money"? Install this. There's no Obama bots that say this. Give me some money. Just well, how do I get my money? I think you can do some. Uh, there's all kind. Well, you probably won't get any. Oh, but, <laughs> thank you. That, was, no, that, that would be my point. Circulation. It creates. <laughs> it'll, it will create jobs, but it has to go into circulation from the below, not. Obama, all he does is give the money to the banks and they just sit on it because they're unsure about what's going to happen in the future and they can get some interest out of it. Very little, but it's safe. So they don't are going to loan the money to anybody. They got to, there has to be pulled through. The public has to have. So money. are you on board then with the, uh, this is very interesting to me. Are you on board then with uh, infrastructure projects? I mean, is that what we should be doing with the money? And so if we create all this money, where is it supposed to go? And how, how do you, how does that not create inflation? I just don't understand the, princi- the principles of how it works. Debt relief would be one way with people that are underwater on their loans. And I don't have any loans. So I, that would so be forced on the, on the bank. Say, look, you have to do this much debt restructuring well, because hold, hold somebody owes $300,000 on their house. There's no reason that they have to be paying 20% interest. Hold on a second. How do I, that's not fair. Where do I get my share? I don't have a loan. This bullcrap. No, I don't like your idea. Fair. That's the, that's your Obama bot thing. 
No, it's never going to be fair. All, it will, you'll benefit from it at, at some point because everybody will. But these guys who were suckered into buying these places, it's not like there's, they're not going to pay off the loan. It's not that all you're doing is forcing the banks in some way. You, give them, you say, here, you can have $10 billion, but it's got to go right down to the, to the homeowners, let's say, in a <coughs> debt restructuring a situation. Yeah, but doesn't, if you, you restructure the debt, sit on twenty percent. I understand. Rates. But if so, one way or the other, you're giving the money indirectly to the bankers. If if there were provisions for the banks that they would, you take the money back from them if they didn't do what they have to do. But based on it has to go to it has to get distributed somehow. You can't just set up shop in the corner and write write welfare, welfare checks. But the banks were given all this money with no provisos to do anything well, hold, with it, so they on. just sat on. Okay, it. hold on a second. I I make you now. John C. Dvorak, chairman of the Federal Reserve Board. Uh, you can now print four trillion dollars, ah, which of course is just start. It's just ones and zeros. It's not really printing anything. What are you going to do with it? Let's just say you're in control. What? Do you, where does this money go so that it doesn't bail out banks? It has to go to debt relief. That's the, for the public, not for the banks, or not for Morgan Stanley. It's you it mean, has our, to. Our the, debt the relief programs th- have to be developed to make sure that everybody owes money on stuff are not paying these ridiculous interest rates and they're, or they're underwater to a point where they can, it's cheaper to walk. But that's a bailout. It is a bailout, but it's a bailout for the public. Hmm. Okay, so then your theory is, let's say someone's paying some ridiculous amount on a car loan or credit cards, and then uh, the way it goes is they don't actually print. Do they? So are you going to say, okay... Uh, your debt relief comes in the form of money. You pay off the bank. They have to lower your fee. Is that is that what you're saying? No, I think the banks have to restructure every loan that they've done, especially these balloon payments. They're all owned by all these loans. So but you don't have to you don't have to print money mean, for that. You just have to tell the bank, screw you, you lower or we'll kill you. We'll drone you. Could you. Actually, you could actually you don't have to print money for that. But yeah, it, I think if we I start like that adding idea. it up, you're going to have to. I like the, I like the idea of just telling the banks, here's the set rate. This is a new law. <laughs> this is really bad. Uh, and you can't charge anyone more than 2%. Because then everyone, everyone would have lots of money to give to us for the show. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, you That's know, the idea. That, what do you think I'm working here for? I think your plan is leaky. I don't, I think it, it is. So I don't have it. It's not like something I'm working on. But I'm just saying, if you can, <laughs> you've got to get more money in circulation. Well, so, but this, the, uh, so then the, not a way to do that is to build stuff. Well, how about just paying down our debt? That we have that to other countries. Do? I don't know. That'll put us under in no time. We need $30 trillion in pushed into the economy. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. I just made $30 trillion. New problemo. And we will never get that much. It's going to be two, three, four trillion maybe. But it's at least, you know, a start. At least it's something. Hmm. I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I don't. Later. I don't like your plan. I don't think it's a good yeah, plan. Yeah, of course you don't. Nobody would like such an idea, and that's why we're going to go into a deep depression because nobody, you know. I, I think Bernanke gets it, but he, he's, his ideas fall on deaf ears. I, I, I think you have a, a, a wrong view of how to do this. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, we shoot the bankers. Well, that. 
This is an alternative plan I wouldn't disagree with. And I would like to give every web, webcam girl and hooker an extra 10 grand. This is a tip. Thank you. Uh, I would abolish. Well, anyway, I, I got I'm going to I got to write my plan. Webcam girl. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough life. Tough life. Tough life. <laughs> anyway, how many webcam girls must there be? Oh. There's probably thousands of them. Oh, how about hundreds of thousands? Hundreds of thousands. Oh, this is such a, you know, such a, it's a big deal. Um, anyway, Moody's uh, did downgrade six German banks. I thought that was a nice shot across the bow there from uh, the American uh, elites to yeah, the. Like to, yeah, this is like, hey, Merkel, watch this, biatch. So, no, I mean, it's uh, this is clearly meant to, to bring down Europe, and it's going to suck for all of us, unfortunately. But I feel worse for the Europeans because uh, they're being sold a, a bunch of hooey, which is really quite bad. Uh, right. Where are we at? I'll save my zombie news for uh, for Sunday because I've really oh, okay. Yeah, we everyone should stay tuned for zombie news. I've really delved into it. Well, there is something interesting going on with the bath salts and uh, and some interesting theories about this. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll save it. That sounds yeah. like a good teaser. A good teaser. I'm, you... I'm definitely tuning in. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we could wind up with the latest shut up slave moment. Oh, that's always good for always good. There is a crackdown beginning across. Oh, by the way, this is Diane Sawyer again. I'll back it up. The same outfit. Uh, looking hot, looking hot for 72. Um, crackdown. There is a crackdown beginning across the country tonight on a serious threat to highway safety. What could that be, John? A uh, serious threat to highway safety. That would be signs on the side of the road, Burma shave, uh, or zombies walking around the highway. But no, 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 all wrong, all wrong. Drivers who like to keep their pets in their laps or on a seat oh, unrestrained. Yeah, it, is. it is a hazard for people and pets. Here's ABC's Dan Harris. Hey, Dan. The windswept canine drinking in the open air, it's an icon of the American road. We drive with them on our laps and sometimes even give them free reign in the car. But while we're all well-versed in the dangers of texting and driving... Great sound effects. AAA finds nearly a third of all drivers today admit to being distracted by their pets, too. States are starting to move on this. Hawaii now outlawing drivers from holding a pet on their lap. Rhode Island and Oregon may do the same, while drivers in Arizona, Connecticut, and Maine now face fines. Notice uh, Texas not on that lineup of idiocy. You know, in Texas, you can still ride in the back of the pickup truck. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. It's hard on the back. So, um... It's cool. I did like Did you that. know that the studies that finally starting to show up that now indicate that salt is not that bad at all? Oh, that's why, uh... So they're switching. And I haven't seen the studies yet. That's interesting. Uh, we'll get you some data. We'll talk about it in an upcoming show. Maybe Sunday. Okay. We'll talk about salt and some other things. It turns out that they they made a kind of a logical error to blame salt for all these all the bad things that oh, go no. on. Oh no! Oh no! So this, so I think they're going to pull this plug on the salt, and they're going to go after now dogs. <laughs> uh, this report, if you have a chance, look it up in the show notes four one five dot shownotes dot com is really great because then I think what's happening here is the um, uh, the AAA is going to be selling approved 
uh, belts for dogs. You know, it's a big bonanza yeah, this, for well, them. What is this going to be like? Most dogs won't put up with being, they want to stick their head out the window. And by the way, I have a theory as to why that is. Oh. Dogs have this unbelievable 100,000 times or 10,000, some huge amount of uh, uh, relationship to what we can smell, what they can smell. They smell everything. Yeah. They can smell direction. And so when they stick their head out the window, it's like an acid trip for them. Because <laughs> they're getting all these aromas from all these as the cars zooming by. It's just, and that's why, if you notice, they're always sniffing at the air. And, the you know, dog's getting high. He's getting high. They're getting wasted on all these really crazy smells. And this is the other thing that I've noticed. I believe <laughs> this to be true, too. You ever notice how dogs go after the mail? You go after a mailman, but usually the UPS guy coming up the steps, the dog will... Go after the door and they'll, you know, they just go nuts. They bark crazy because to a dog, because of their nose, that UPS guy doesn't represent some person coming up the steps. The UPS guy represents thousands of people because of all the smells in the truck and that he's handling all these packages. The dog thinks there's like a whole army of zombies outside. He thinks an army is coming up the steps and the dog goes crazy. (laughs) I like the thought of my dog just getting wasted. Hey, hey, boss, let me put my hug on my head out. No wonder they have such a goofy look on their faces when they do that. Yeah. They're hammered. No, that's a, that's a good thesis. No, well, they actually have a dog in this report. And uh, they so they strap him down with, like, this handy dog belt. And the dog's, like, he's like he's, it's so tight he can only lay on his back. And the, and the, the report's like, look how much he likes it. Yeah. <laughs> the dog doesn't like it. This is crazy. This is just yeah, that's crazy. the stupidest thing ever. This is absolutely crazy. Anyway, so we've got uh, also the war on drugs, some interesting stuff that I've been uh, researching. But I think we'll also follow the uh, F Russia meme. It's kind of fun to watch what uh, Lucifer's next move will be. Or Russia's next move, for that matter. It could happen in just a number of days. And we'd like to see some of you boners out there, as you were called by your fellow donors. Uh, step up to the plate and help us out so we can get through these uh, summer months. So remember, Dvorak.org slash NA. If you are in line for a night ring, by the way, uh, we have an email address for that. Rings at noagendanation.com. Rings at noagendanation.com. Uh, you have to do your own accounting on these things. That's very important because we have no staff. And Alex Jones has much more money than us. Yeah, I heard that. Coming to you doesn't wear it. (laughs) Coming to you from Gitmo Nation, uh, Drone Star State. That'll be the capital, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, my name is Adam Curry. And from Lookout Point over the San Juan de Fuca Sanctuary in northern Washington, where the USA meets Canada in Studio B, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A